Welcome back, y'all, to another week, another episode of Craziness. This is the Jigsaw Podcast. Yeah. I am Josh Rogers. I am Brian Hare. And we are back here for another time in the living room. And this is the place where we talk about it, the perils, the praises, productivity, and the pomp and circumstance of being a black person in America. Yes, sir. Brian, how are you, brother? I am actually pretty good. All right. As always, it's a great day to be black. Yes, it is. We are still here in the land of the living. He shined his light on our melanin. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah <laughs> to the Father. God. <laughs> so how, how are you doing? I'm doing good, man. I cannot complain. I, um, I could complain. Ooh. I've had some good days. And some <laughs> heels to climb. I've had some weary days. And some sleepless nights. But when I look around. <laughs> and think things over. All of my good days. Outweigh all of my bad days and i won't, won't complain, complain. <laughs> sometimes my clouds hang low don't, don't take us up in here don't take us up in here don't take us up to the heavens oh uh, but no man for real i am uh, i'm good i'm really good it's a good week i just celebrated a birthday last Hallelujah. week felt really loved so thank y'all for all the shout outs and the love and Everything that came with thirty-one. I am thirty-one. You're in your you're in your thirties. I am in my thirties. I'm in not your just 30s. thirty. I'm in them joints now. Have you found any gray hairs anywhere? <laughs> not, not in one. <laughs> but you they've been gone anyway. You would have waxed them, man of God. <laughs> you know, I believe in a manscape, but no, there 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 are no hairs, no gray ones. <laughs> oh God. So what did you end up doing for your birthday though? Pretty much just chilled out. Okay. Um, my kids wanted to take me bowling, so I put on my <laughs> my latex gloves. I put on my mask. Me and Asha brought us a um travel size sanitary kit. Okay. We went to the main event mm-hmm. and we bowled one game of bowling because I really don't <laughs> I really don't like bowling. Um, but that was it, man. And then just kind of chilled out. Wifey got me some Jordan ones, my favorite Jays. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. I got some Air Max that I've been having my eyes on, and um, yeah, just just relax. I was not the best part of my birthday was not playing principal in virtual learning that day. I told Asher, "You got it. <laughs> you got today. Just give me peace. Yes, peace like a river. Yeah, and that's what I got. So it was good, man. It was I'm good. glad to hear that. You you deserve it. You're you're a good black man. I deserve. You deserve it. You deserve it. Yeah, so um so yep. Update. Okay. I read all of the Tanga Ray story. Okay. <laughs> and it was a good no, it was a good thing. It was a good read. All, all 30 33 of 30. 33 cuz they gave us the um spoiler alert. They gave us the update mm-hmm. regarding her and her child. Mhm. So, it was good. So her story is so just emphatically contagious. You just yep. can't stop reading it. 
Um, I think we talked about it last week when we said some of it seemed unbelievable. And I think I read somewhere where the guy who owns the page, Brandon, mm-hmm. sometimes even questioned, like, all right, Tango Ray. But then she would pull out a picture mm-hmm. or, or like an, an article or something mm-hmm. to prove everything that she's saying. Mm-hmm. Um, she had receipts. I just, yeah, I just think is I think her story was so dope. And um, I listened to another podcast where um, – Rants and Randomness with Lovey Ajayi. Okay. She actually interviewed Brandon, who's the owner of Humans of New York. He just talked about how they met and things like that and how she actually turned down like movie offers and wow. all type of stuff to do this because she met him first. Mm-hmm. And after she went viral earlier this year or late last year, whenever it was, she didn't really know what was happening. Mm-hmm. All she knew was is that she liked what happened right. from his blog. Right. So she went back with him to do it. And he was even saying that the movie producers and stuff are now coming back. Right. So there should. could be a chance if we get a Tangeray Netflix movie. I need it. Or I, I need think it. it'll be dope. Because I can what she told us was probably just scratching the surface Listen. of everything that she's lived. So um I'm glad you were able to read it, man. It was good. It was yeah. so good. It was great. I even like I texted you, I you know, I said, movie me please. Like I need to see this. Like cause the thing as I was reading it, I was, you know, creating my own movie in my head as far as all the shenanigans and the wild stuff. Cause it was so even though it was short, it was like vivid. She was kind of painting mm-hmm. the portrait. And then also, like you said, she's she provided the pictures to kind of support what she was saying so then i was like oh snap so now you see um again spoiler alert see who caught what carmine looks like yeah and um see some of her running buddies and stuff like that and even the story she did about james brown um that was hilarious (laughs) let me me tell you something (laughs) two things that will never be the same for me and that is a hot dog oh not chocolate milk (laughs) (laughs) not at all I was like, I don't even eat hot dogs anyway, but I was like, mighty God. Y'all just got to go read it. Go to at Humans of NY. Mm-hmm. It was in New York, and there's a 32. You'd probably think in your mind, 32 posts. I ain't reading that. I promise it's you. It's worth it. Once you get through the first one, you're going to be like, wait. And you don't have to wait for the notifications like we did. You can just, you have the pleasure of just reading and reading and reading. Mm-hmm. And shout out to anyone who may have listened, may have clicked the link and donated. I know we put it in oh, the yeah. description notes last week. She's up. She's a millionaire. Multi-millionaire. She's up to 2.6 mil mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. And it's all going to her trust to take care of medical expenses and all these different types of things. So it's going to a great, a great cause. But shout out to Lady Tangeray. Yes. Um, super excited about your story. Grateful that you were able to share your story. And I think if so many more of our elders would just mm-hmm. give us that beauty yes they have you they know? have the stories like <laughs> they give have them to the us. stories they have the stories like my grandmother was born in 1926 mm-hmm. i'm sure she got some stories um, <laughs> of just what life was like in the 30s and 40s and whatever 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 so definitely appreciate that um you ready to go and shout out some black excellence let's ready to get into the show let's do the but let's yeah let's do that um let's go can we do the song of the week first oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. my bad Are my you, fault so song I, of the I, week. I picked a good one <laughs> okay <clears throat> you ready for it i'm ready Alrighty, let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about all the good things and the bad things that may be. Let's talk about sex. <laughs> Don't talk about it. <laughs> let's talk about it. That's uh, the song of the week is uh, "Let's Talk About Sex" by S or Salt and Pepper, um, which Salt is a great song. I'm so glad you said that because I was just about to say TLC. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> it all blends together. Nineties, uh, it all blends together. Uh, but that's like the the they're the original uh, WAP uh, sisters <laughs> <laughs> with a DJ in the back. <laughs> DJ today, WAP. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's song of the week. Um, go out and listen to it. Go out and support it. We support our, we su- salute and support our black sisters. Yeah, go put them strings back up. Do put it. Strings back up. <laughs> Get your bangs. Uh, the bang yang. The bang yang. <laughs> your French, is it French roll? They used to wear the French roll. Yeah, with the diamonds and they're going down the middle. <laughs> mm-hmm. Go ahead and do it. Um, yeah, let's um, yeah, let's go into the bless up. How about that? Let's do it. All right, we are here at the Bless Up where we shout out and support our black businesses. Um, so actually, last week, um, we talked about hair men, go black men hair goals. Um, and we actually talked about men, Josh talked about as far as the products that we use. Um, and yeah. I don't know. You may already know this, but Josh and I, we believe in supporting black business. Um, so we use black hair products and stuff like that that we can't use. But we definitely want to shout out um, Calvin Qualis. Uh He is the founder and the CEO of uh, Qualys Brands and Scotch Porter. So Scotch Porter is actually and I actually use it uh, is a black owned um, multipurpose handmade grooming and wellness product. Um, and as they say, it helps you look good, smell good, um, and all that good stuff. So, um, I use it. Uh, I got the, um, the, 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 the beard shampoo, the beard conditioner, uh, the serum product line. It's a, it's a product line. They have all stuff. They have uh, stuff for your skin. They have stuff for your, um, for your body and they got stuff for your hair. They got stuff for your face. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely support it. Um, and yeah, you can get it at your local beauty supply, but I got mine off of Amazon so you can get it all. It's a, they have so much stuff and it's definitely worth it. So definitely shout out to, uh, Kevin Qualis, um, and Scotch Porter. Um, Josh, have you used it before or? So personally, I have not, okay. but I did do my research and I'm going to check it out. Um, because you know, I told y'all I got a beard now mm-hmm. and it's so, flourishing. <laughs> I got a beard it's now. Flourishing. So, um, I am going to, you know, take the leap and switch my beard bones, but I also found out that, um, it can be found at Walmart and Target as well. Mm-hmm. So even if you don't want to go to the beauty supply store, mm-hmm. You know, if you're trying to, I know we're in Corona, we're trying to limit the amount of stores we're going to. Right. So you can go to the Walmart on your run or your Target on your run. Put your mask on. Yep. Put your mask on. Put your mask on. Wash your hands and your tail (laughs) and go to the store (laughs) and get your products. But but shout out. Bless up to them. Yeah. Bless up to them and go out and support if you can. Uh, And how about we go over to the billboard? Let's do it. Let's go. All right, so this week in the Billboard, um, we're going to start off with something a little, I guess, light. Okay. Light this week. And we're going to talk about Primetime, Prime also time. known as Deion Sanders. Yes. Uh, former Dallas Cowboy player. He played for some other folk, but I'm a Cowboy fan, so I'm just going to throw that part out there. Okay. My, um, favorite, my favorite football <laughs> player of all time, just so y'all know. He's taking his talent, his mm-hmm. uh, football expertise, so mm-hmm. to speak, to the, um, they call it the I love, the Jackson State <laughs> University. I can't necessarily attest to all of that mm-hmm. uh, because mm-hmm. I didn't go there, but that is their kind of catchphrase, so to speak. Um, but he's going there. And I think, Brian, it does great things for Definitely. the HBCU community. Yes, There's definitely. been a lot of talk about 
um, a lot of our black young black athletes taking their talents back to historically black colleges and universities. Mm-hmm. And some like some of the argument was like, all right, will they get looked at by you know NBA and NFL recruiters and things like that? Will mm-hmm. they get some of the same t- attention? One, I think so. Oh yeah, right? definitely, definitely. Because, especially, especially in basketball, because those boys only play one year. One year, and they're and they're, go- and they're, don- they're, mm-hmm. they're gone. So I don't believe that that level of talent will be overlooked because they went to an HBCU. Right. Furthermore, if you try to have the argument that they're not like their competition isn't that great, I think that can like kind of be debunked too because we had some guys who've done great in college and went to and played at some really great D1 schools and went to the NBA and was trash. Right. Find out. <laughs> so so if you like if you got it, you mm-hmm. got it. And I think everybody's rookie year is going to look different. How Definitely. you develop professionally will look different. Mm-hmm. But I do think if we have some of our younger athletes out of high school going to HBCUs, mm-hmm. taking their talents there, then the money's also going to follow. Yep. The supporters are going to be there. The um, primetime television spots are going to try to follow those players because it's going to be exciting. And I think it's going to kind of provide a level playing field in this whole NCAA sports arena. So shout out to them. Yes, Shout definitely. out to Deion Sanders definitely. actually going. And I hope that he doesn't like go – build a resume and is out in two years because I know right. how volatile the college coaching um, mm-hmm. arena can be so mm-hmm. I really hope he's there for the long haul because um, if nothing else them boys going to want to go play for Deion Sanders. oh yeah definitely he's, um, he's he has the appeal oh yeah absolutely so I'm, I'm super excited about that and I'm excited about the possible residual effect that it has on the overall HBCU community yep so um, look Canadian man oh lord <laughs> by the name of Tory Lanez, <laughs> we've talked about this, and um, this hopefully this will be the last time we have to talk about him. Hopefully, hopefully he gets is, deported. Um, so y'all know that he, you know, allegedly, mm-hmm. right, shot Meg the Stallion while they were hanging out. Was were they in Florida or New California? They were. I think, I think they were in Cali. Yeah, I think they were in Cali. They were in Cali and they were hanging out, and you know, the reports, according to certain sources, Megan mainly, that she got shot. Mm. And the reason why she was quiet was because she did what black women do in a lot of cases. Protect black men. Protect black men. Mm-hmm. And because of the, the the racial climate, she did not want to inform the police what was going on. And right. Blah, 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 blah. Right. So all of that happened. All that came out. And Tory had been kind of quiet. Mm-hmm. From what we understand, his team had been kind of debunking or kind of talking against that accusation. But recently, on the same night mm, of the Breonna Taylor verdict. Mm, he decides to drop this mixtape, this EP, this album of sorts, really as an entire diss record mm-hmm. to Meg Just that He called out quite some other people. Yeah, too, he called mainly, out a couple of people. But mainly Meg, uh, pretty much. And he never, here's the, here's the kicker. Well, before I get to the kicker, he called them, he called them <laughs> out pretty much saying, you knew I wouldn't hurt you. This is in the third. How was it a gunshot wound if there was if there were no bullets in your foot? Or like all kind of crazy right. stuff. So then uh, the shade room somehow, and somebody needs to get fired for HIPAA violation because the shade room somehow got medical records proving that there were like bullet fragments in her foot and they treated it as a gun wound injury and all these different types of things. Here's my beef. Brian. Okay. Give it to me. You did all of that. All of that. And still didn't deny shooting that girl. He didn't. Like you still <laughs> have not denied it. At all. Right? <laughs> and that's what makes me even more frustrated about all of the other, particularly black men who are caping for 
Tory Lanez. Right. About y'all only heard one side, and if it was her against, if he would have shot, if she would have shot him, blah 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 blah. And this is just in the third now, and and all all the other argument is that you know these women be lying. Look up blah blah. blah. So. Okay. Granted, there are some like trash human beings who right, lie right, that's and true. make allegations, right? Mm-hmm. Whether that's rape allegations or whatever. But for the most part, mm-hmm. I don't believe. I mean, in totality, if if a victim comes up and says this happened to me, right, I have no reason not to believe them right. until proven otherwise. Exactly, exactly, yeah, right. Yeah. And I don't think that. I don't know Megan personally, mm-hmm. um, but I don't think she doesn't uh, come off to be the type of person, especially where her career is, right. to jeopardize all of her career, all of her success for this little five foot four dude. Ugh. Like I don't think that she would like just blatantly lie on no, him. No, and no. the fact that she even protected him for so long, and the reason why she even spoke out was because like she was starting to get dragged. Yep. So she was By like, in order to protect my name mm-hmm. and my brand, like let me tell you what happened. Right. If they would have just shut up, we would have. We would still be in the dark. Right, right. And, and it's funny because we didn't even know. I, I didn't even know they were dating. So. Me either. Like, and I, and I, <laughs> I, like when they when they went back and showed like old clips, I remember seeing because I follow Meg. Mm-hmm. So I remember seeing like, not vividly, but they like it, you know, t- hit my memory like the like the stuff that they showed. I'm like, oh, I, I feel like I remember seeing this video right. before, whatever, whatever, whatever. So like I like, but. Because they just don't seem like a couple. Like that was Duh. like the two and two. Huh. I just thought they were two industry people, yeah, colleagues, partners, like hanging out, kicking it or right. whatever. And even if they were dating, as um, our auntie Tapper Brown would say, she can do that because that's her business. Right. But <laughs> but at the but at the same time, it's like I've said it once and I'll say it again. There is literally nothing that Megan could have done. That would have warranted Tory Lanez to shoot her, unless she shot that dude first. Right. There is nothing else. No, nothing. <laughs> Literally nothing else. No that excuses. would have ju- that can justify um, her being shot. Mm. So people are saying, "Well, we ain't down that she got shot, but did he do it? Right. It happened in the car with them. <laughs> right. So it's no one else was around. The like Tory said, the best friend didn't do it. The best friend said she didn't do it. Megan said she didn't do it. There's only one other person in the right. car, Tory <laughs> or the driver. Right. So I mean. And Tory so never said he didn't do it. Exactly. <laughs> he's he's just only trying to he's only trying to say you know I wouldn't hurt you. That's some and abusive even, type stuff. It is some abusive type stuff. And even if and, and here's the thing, bro. Mm-hmm. Even if you didn't mean to actually shoot her, right? Admit the fact that you shot the gun. Because yeah. it it could be one of those things where you was trying to be playful, quote mm-hmm. unquote. You were trying to scare her, and it actually hit her. Right. Right. But even still, that's toxic and that's dangerous because mm-hmm. we don't play like that. No, man. we like, play with guns. I don't care how I don't even own a gun, but I don't care how angry I would ever become with Asha. There's no way that I'm going to shoot her. No. Or even or even like play with that. You know what I'm saying? To mm-hmm. like I'm not finna like I don't have to scare you like that. If I want to scare you, I'm walk out the door and not come back for a night. Like like, <laughs> like there are there are other ways in right. which I can not answer you know, my can, phone. Right, I not answer my phone. You know, do crazy stuff like that. But I'm not going to ever try to endanger you even if it is for a joke or you know whatever 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 so he put out this mixtape pretty much trying to debunk it talking against megan and megan hasn't responded she did put like this coded picture up with rings and spelling out f you uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then the caption was just move um but i think she's doing what she needs to do now she said her piece mm-hmm. she said her part um if there needs to be an investigation or a lawsuit and that's the other thing if she was lying that hard I believe he would have sued her. Oh, like yeah. there was, there are so many things that he so hasn't done mm-hmm. that pretty much alludes to the fact that he did it. He did it. <laughs> right. 
You know, so that and that's my thing, bro. Like I know if it was me and I didn't do it, the first thing I'm saying is like, I, I didn't do, do that. Like yeah. I'm like I'm, I'm not going quiet. I'm immediately getting in front of this and say I did not shoot this girl. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Right. Whether I want to tell the story or not, because I'm protecting someone, that'd be something different. What I am gonna do mm-hmm. is clear my name, right? Right. And tell you what I didn't do, and then I would be fighting hard to prove to you that I did not do it. Right. Whether that's finding like gun records, like I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, whatever I need to do, whatever it takes to clear my name, whatever it takes to clear my name, mm-hmm. and he's just out here putting out record. And then I, I read somewhere that he put out a tweet talking about uh, I'm unmovable. God got me. Everybody want to find God. (laughs) Everyone talk about the Lord. Everybody want to talk about the Lord. He (laughs) wanted none of your conversations, and you didn't. And you didn't brought my mulatto Jesus inside of your conversations. (laughs) Now, (laughs) now now that now that you need. Now I believe grace is for everybody. It is for everyone. Mm-hmm. I believe grace is for everyone, but I am sick of y'all mm-hmm. who haphazardly and conveniently want to call upon the Lord <laughs> when, <laughs> when, like, when, like when, when you want to get out, when you want to get out of a bond. Like, mm-hmm. come on, own it. Like in this case, brothers, own it. Mm-hmm. Like you've already lost a certain fan base, right? So you might as well just kind of own that thing, try to recover whatever you can recover from your music career, mm-hmm. and just be done with it. Right. That's it. That's all you can do. That's all you can that's do. All, that's all you can do in this moment. All right. Lastly, before oh, we because we because we got a nice little living room conversation we need to talk about. Oh God. Um, did you watch the debates last night? Unfortunately, I did. Well, Tuesday <laughs> night because by the time y'all hear this, it'll be Thursday. But Tuesday night. Yeah, unfortunately, I did. I watched that show. <laughs> so, um, so it was the first presidential debate of twenty of the twenty for the twenty twenty election. My God. With our um kind of very limited candidate pool Ooh. of Donald Trump and Joe Biden. Joseph mm-hmm. Biden. Um, it actually started off not terrible. <laughs> okay. Um Trump did Trump was gonna do what he was gonna do. Talk yeah. out of side of his neck. Mm-hmm. And Biden for the first whew, I only gonna give him about ten minutes. Seemed, <laughs> seemed really composed. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was answering questions. You can tell that he was prepared. Mm-hmm. You can tell he was ready to give, you know, as direct of an answer as a politician can give. Right. right? He was prepared to do that. What became increasingly clear mm-hmm. as the debates went on was that Donald Trump did not prepare the same way. At all. <laughs> At all. He interrupted <laughs> Joe Biden ever, so much so that you could not only see that Joe was clearly flustered, mm-hmm. but Joe was like, man, will you just shut up, Just man? shut up. <laughs> like, it literally turned our presidential debate into mm-hmm. a reunion of the Atlanta Housewives. It I'm did. Just like, it, it did. It was really messy. Like, And then your messy hole of the president goes in there and say, your son's a cokehead. <laughs> he called that man's son a cokehead. Right. <laughs> and what was even bad was that when, they, when he brought that up, Joe was actually referencing Bo, mm-hmm. his deceased son. Right. But Donald Trump brought up Hunter, and then you saw Joe got super offended. Oh, super. yeah. I, I mean, I would, too. Right? I would, too. I would, too. So Trump was just hitting below the belt. And while I'm not giving Joe Biden a pass, because mm-hmm. if we remember him in politics, he was always considered like the bulldog, mm-hmm. the boisterous one. Right. And while that may have worked for him in the Senate, that is a level of discontent and a lack of composure that you cannot have at all while sitting in the presidency um the president's seat and you can tell that there were years of him not being restrained <laughs> that had him so flustered cuz i believe 
if this was just like if this was VP Biden or Ooh. just he would have I believe he would have lost it all. Oh. And gave Trump like just probably cussed him out in the, in the middle of the CNN. Yeah, they probably, probably would have fired on him. Like yeah, it would have been some hands. Yeah, thrown. it was. Yeah, but he just kept interrupting. I'm just like you and he and Trump lied so much. So um, much. So many things he said was just untrue. You can tell that he's ridiculously um, unqualified, and his tracks were showing. You spent seventy thousand dollars on hair <laughs> for your tracks to be showing on national television, sir. A mess. It was terrible. I think the American people were the ones who lost last night. Yes, Um, we did. There are two more debates scheduled. Mm, I am not excited about either one of them. I'm not. For now, it looks like both of them are going to participate, so we're going to get them. And it's like a train wreck. I'm going to watch it. (laughs) (laughs) But it was just so bad. I'm actually a little bit more excited to see Kamala debate uh, Mike Pence. Oh, she gonna one because she's just she's man. just she's masterful, and she's a trained litigator. And that's why four years ago, um, the Hillary Trump debates were so much better mm-hmm. because Hillary is a trained litigator, and she sat through all these different trials like the Benghazi, all this kind of stuff, to where she has the level of patience, she mm-hmm. has the level of tact to really handle a Trump and right. be flustered, mm-hmm. but using her skills as a litigator to get past that right and really attack like even when he called her a nasty woman she embraced it mm-hmm. and went dead into it so yeah. i think that he needs to sit down with hillary mm-hmm. one for some skills on how to adequately debate and two like figure because she did it like she may have lost the election but she successfully debated Donald oh yeah Trump. say what you want to say so just for her so for her to give him pointers of like this is how he's going. Like you saw how he's going to come, right? This is the ways in which you need to attack. And I saw the um, the little tweet from Nene. Listen, that <laughs> Biden needs Biden needs a recession. She want to talk to him, and Nene will get him right. Right, he needs some clapbacks. His clapbacks are weak. He, he needs some clap because with a Donald Trump, you don't want to go like so immature. Because the Bible teaches us about arguing with a fool. Oh, oh yeah, uh huh. I'll, I'll bring this word in here. Go Bible. Uh, <laughs> but at the same time, you do want to be able to kind of artistically mm-hmm. uh, rebut some of the things that he's saying because he's going to he's a he's a like a classic case of a bully mm-hmm. a narcissist oh yeah so there, there will be moments where you kind of need to very intelligently um and like with strategy kind of come at him oh you gotta humble him and, yeah you, you gotta humble him real quick like mm-hmm. you ain't gotta and the best joe had because he was frustrated was shut up like mm-hmm. and he called, he him, called a him a clown, clown. he did yeah, yeah. <laughs> he called him a clown which which was cool but you needed some like gut punches oh yeah um you know some of the things like you know talking about like when he said things like he wears a mask um you know when he feel like it's necessary you know my clapback would have been oh is, is that when you are on or off your marriage with Melania, like, with, like you know, I would have, you know, I would have, I would have thrown stuff because we never see y'all together, <laughs> ever. you know, and it's the first time she's ever had on a mask and pub, you know what I'm saying? But like, and not, and maybe that was petty, but I probably would have tried to find ways to really kind of debunk everything that he said to kind of hit him where it hurts in a sense, without necessarily losing all of my cool too. But, right. Yeah, because the thing is, I know, I think Trump's plan is to fluster him. Because we know Joe Biden is old. He's elderly. Right. So he's trying to, he hopefully wants to expose, um, and this, and this, you know, Donald Trump, even though he's crazy, he's sharper in terms of wit and being quick. Yes. Um, he's quicker than Joe Biden. 
Um, so I think what he wants is Joe to kind of, he wants to uh, kind of frustrate him enough to where Joe says something off the handle and gets flustered and he can't, can't get back. So I think he did a good job. My whole thing was, even though Joe did say a few things that, you know, I didn't necessarily agree with. To me, it was more so the fact of like, just don't say anything too bad that you have to come back and, and like kind of do a lot of damage, damage control, which Donald Trump said some stuff and he, the fact that he told the, uh, what's them boys, the party boys, the, the good boys, the, whatever their names are, the white supremacists, um, not to men, that's who they are, that's whatever their name yeah. are, <laughs> he told them to stand by and stand back. So if anybody knows anything about the meaning of stand by, it means to pretty much be put on hold. Right. Just it don't mean chill stop. for a little bit. Chill for right. now. Right. Chill for now. Mm-hmm. Right. You know what I'm saying? The good boys, whatever their name. I don't know what their names are. But and because and, and they went and tweeted like in celebration. Oh yeah. Of that because they also understand mm-hmm. what that means. Yeah. And and he's now trying to disassociate himself. So I don't, I don't even know who that group is. Lies. And, you know, blah, blah, blah. They need to they need to stop and let you know, the, the, the police like, bro, you know, you call their names. We like the the moderator didn't he just said, Are you willing to um to speak against white supremacy groups? He didn't call anyone's name. Listen, you called their names. You called so, their names. So for somebody who allegedly does not know who they are you very you were very familiar with their name and the way in which you decided to mm-hmm. address them was not to say i am against it they need to stop it is un-american blah 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 blah. like donald trump even said that anti-racist training is, is racist. racist like he said so many terrible things so many things He's... and law and order is just a coded word mm-hmm. for racism yeah and for lock niggas up Lock, yeah, that's, lock black and black and brown people up. That's what it is for. That's pretty much what it means. Um, so yeah, man, it it was a complete crap fest last night, and the CNN moderators were like visibly they they were irritated. Yeah, it was bad. <laughs> they were irritated. Um, so like this just lets us know that um this election is going to be one for the books, and y'all stay tuned because we're going to have a really important episode coming soon. Yes, where we talk about all the things, all the things that comes with voting and why you need to vote. Mm-hmm. I don't care what hotel Dr. Umar stuff you've been listening to. Right, you need to vote because even if you don't like the two options, there are local elections mm-hmm. that matter. Breonna mm-hmm. Taylor, hello, hello, that attorney general was voted in. So when you say that voting doesn't matter, it is your local elections mm-hmm. that sometimes matter the most. And when we skip November, we skip the those AG elections and stuff as well. Yep. So you're not just skipping out on the Biden Trump. Mm-mm. You're skipping out on stuff like not to say that voting is an end all be all. Right. I still think there has to be strategy. Right. But who's to say if we had a better AG in Kentucky mm-hmm. that Breonna Taylor, she probably would have more justice right now. Right. You know what I'm saying? And that 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 kind of stuff comes with us voting. So don't want to get on that soapbox, but it's always a great time to talk about races. Always. always a good time. Always. So um, I think that's all I got, bro. You ready to head to the living room? Let's go on over. Yep, let's get your drinks, get your water, get mine. your snacks, get, every, get everything that you need, and let's get ready to do it. Let's do it. All right, we are here in the living room. Thank y'all for staying here with us. Um, we gonna have we have something to talk about tonight or today. We got something to we talk t- about. We got something to talk about. You you sang it. 
We, we, I sang it in the song of the week. Let's talk about sex. Let's, let's talk, let's about, talk it. about it. Let's talk about it. I, you know, it's interesting because you know, two black men. I thought it might be a good time to have a conversation about sex. Um, so I, let me let me get the the. Wh- what was your introduction to sex? Mighty God. My God. You know, I've been pure. <laughs> I've been chaste. <laughs> I had no sex. I had no sex. <laughs> I've been just walking with the Lord. I've been walking with the Lord until he sent my wife. (laughs) Um, But no, I think my introduction, honestly, and sorry, mama. uh, (laughs) Sorry, parents. I'm sorry, mom and dad. I know you're probably listening. Um, But yeah, so my first introduction to it was, I would probably say, honestly, sixth grade. Okay. And not. Like I was having sex, right? Right, right. <laughs> it's clear, because, cleared up. Yeah, I wouldn't have mama. You don't have to worry. I was not having sex at twelve years old, um, eleven years old. Um, but what it was introduced to me because I, I I don't know why I remember this so vividly. Uh, I would not say her name because I don't know where she is in life, but I remember her name. <laughs> it just came back to me. Um, but there was like this group of girls in class, and you know, sixth grade. And there's, here's the interesting thing. So in mm-hmm. Memphis, let me just do this. This makes gives this a little bit of context. In Memphis, it's different now. But when I was in school, uh, elementary school ended in sixth grade. That's how that's how I was. Yeah. yeah. So now you know it's fifth grade, and elementary is um, fifth grade, or with all all the different kind of stuff nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um, but I said that to say. I think that whole one year difference really changes the dynamic of how you interact and what puberty kind of looks like. Okay. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times puberty kind of begins at that 11 year old, oh, 12 year old kind of stage, right? So, but in sixth grade, we were still in elementary school. Mm-hmm. So while we were going through those kind of emotions and body changing and mm-hmm. things like that, we were also still like having recess. Right. And, you know, <laughs> Not switching class like when I got in seventh grade, like we were switching classes. We had like first, second, third period, mm-hmm. and my and my seventh grade experience was like seven to twelve. So I was like, "Wow, okay." It was everybody, yeah, because the, there was no middle school in my district. Wow, okay. until they built one, and I went to a different school for eighth grade. Went back to my high school because it was then nine through twelve. Mm-hmm. Another story, another day about education and disparities among black schools in inner cities. Right, but <laughs> anyway, so I give that context because. We were still like treated like really young babies, but we weren't like our bodies and what we were going through was not suggesting <laughs> the same thing. Right. Right. So I never forget it. We were um, headed to I won't I won't lie and say what special class we were going to. But it was like one of those specials, art, music, something like that. Mm-hmm. But we was going through a bathroom break. And I remember the girls talking about penises. OK. <laughs> and I'm standing there like. You know, because you know, my, right. my, my mama's a saint. She's an sanctified, <laughs> sanctified, holy. And, um, and although my dad wasn't like super involved in the church at the time, mm-hmm. like he would like, I still grew up in a very Christian household, and that mm-hmm. was just like at eleven years old. There are certain I was still covering my eyes on mm-hmm. certain scenes. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, my mama went. My my mama did not let me watch American Pie. Um, <laughs> like the, you know that kind of stuff. Oh yeah. And, you know, so I grew up. I won't say shelter. My parents were very. Um, intentional about what they exposed us to. Right. Right. So when I heard them kind of talking about that, I was taken aback. Mm -hmm. And, you know, children who are young, they start cussing. Right. And I wasn't, even though I wasn't, quote unquote, 
like a, a super saint as a sixth grader. I also, even outside my parents' presence at that age, mm-hmm. I wasn't trying to cuss oh, at all. Because God forbid a teacher hear me. I was cussing. I, I, see, I was. I didn't start cussing until a lot later. <laughs> But uh, <laughs> but but at that age, I, and, I, and 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 why is cussing even relevant to this story? It's relevant because in that moment when they when the girls were talking about penises and whatever they were talking about, the guys were saying something. Man, you can suck my and mm-hmm. blah, blah, and I was saying stuff like you can kiss my butt <laughs> because I just I just I just couldn't force myself to say. It. And I always and in that moment, I felt weird. I felt mm-hmm. um un- inexperienced. I felt. And in sixth grade, I didn't feel like I needed to lie. It wasn't until seventh grade, eighth grade, when I, eighth grade when I started lying on bodies. But <laughs> like, y'all, y'all, y'all forgive me. Um, you know, so that was like my introduction. Like, I think all of us going through puberty, and even those girls probably not knowing mm-hmm. much of anything. Right. Um, but then, not downplaying them because they might have known a little something, something. I don't know what they knew. Right. All I knew was they were talking about penises, mm-hmm. and the guys were saying, you can suck my whatever. And mm-hmm. I was just like, oh. My little ears is just getting exposed. <laughs> but from there, you know what I'm saying? It's just like the, and when I got to seventh grade and eighth grade, like the conversation mm-hmm. just got bigger and bigger mm-hmm. and bigger. And, you know, seventh grade, we took gym. We had to, like, change clothes. And the girls would come out with their jeans and then come back out with their little shorts. And, and I'm looking at them different. Like, you ain't the, nah. you, you ain't melanin. That was in my sister. You know, was in science lab with me last year. You know, right. so, you know, so that was my, how about you? That was my introduction. Um, Introduction, interestingly, um, same, around the same age, like around yeah. fifth grade, sixth grade, five, Probably fifth grade, um, fifth grade, fourth grade, fifth grade. Around that time, I was actually walking home from school, and okay. I, there was a um, like a porno magazine, like in the gutter. <laughs> okay, <laughs> and I picked it up, and I was walking with my older brother. Shout out to my older brother. Uh, I walked with my older brother, and I picked it up, and I was like, oh, like you know, I looked, I looked at it, and I was like, oh, <laughs> like you know, and you know, and those you know back in the day. That's what um, y'all do at Pomona. <laughs> <laughs> so back in the day, I guess, you know, it wasn't as, you know, as easy as like a click on your Google search, whatever. So if oh, you yeah, wanted nah. to see like nudity, you had to have like the magazine or whatever. Because mm-hmm. um, even if you go to like the, the liquor store or the corner store, the magazines would be there, but they would be like covered. Um, so yeah. like uh, we were walking home and I found the, the magazine and I was like, I opened it up and I was like, whoa. And mind you, I had no clue what I was looking at. Yeah. But I knew I was supposed to like, or I liked what I was looking at. <laughs> yeah. and, and mind you, my brother and I, we're only really, um, we're, we're, we're born on the same day, exactly a year apart. So it's one Hood of, twins. Hood twins. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, exactly a year apart. And the, yeah. and the thing, I don't know how he knew, you know, and he may not even knew nothing, but he was starting, to, he was, he was schooling me on what everything was. Right. So, he was telling me, of course, you know, he wasn't was using, you know, scientific vernacular. He was, you right. know, calling stuff what it was and, you know, this is the that and this is what. So I, you know, my brother is actually the first person who kind of introduced me or explained to me what was in this magazine. Mm-hmm. So, of course, after that, that's when your, 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 your mind is exposed and open. Once you see it's like a Pandora's box. Once you see it, it's like, oh, OK, well, all right. Like and then. And that's when I'm looking at, like you like said, looking at the girls like, oh, all right. And then you had your little girlfriends and stuff like that in elementary mm-hmm. school. And mm-hmm. now y'all trying to like hug each other and, uh, you know, 
do all kind of stupid stuff that you didn't know what you were really doing and got your whole, all right. your clothes on and all, you know what I'm saying? Not to go into, you know, too much of a detail, but you know, you thinking you, you know, doing stuff. So yeah, that's how it was. It was actually on my way home from school, saw the magazine, opened the magazine up and was like, what is this? Talk to my brother about it. And then ever since then it was like, ain't no going back. Mm-hmm. Um, and then even on top of that, it was also the hormones. Like, you know, so you waking up in the morning and certain stuff you know that used to happen is now happening. It's now happening. It's now happening. You're like, oh, right. or you like uh, the good movie, um, The Wood, no pun intended. When <laughs> all, all pun intended, all pun intended. <laughs> um, when he's sitting in there and he's in the class and he sees, uh, I don't know what the girl's name is. She, she walks with the Alicia. Desk. Alicia. There it is. We were trying to think about that for like two days. (laughs) Alicia, she walked up there and he's like looking and he's like, oh, snap. And then all of a sudden, you know, he's growing, you know. Because I I think that scene, they had to be like seventh grade. Yeah. Like somewhere in there too. Yeah. Yeah. Because they were like in middle school. So around Mm -hmm. that, that, and it could have been like sixth, seventh grade. We don't know what, might have been seventh grade, but yeah. It was definitely middle school. It was definitely middle school. Um, But yeah, so it's at that same point where it's like. You're becoming like aware to, it, and then like now your body is is responding to, you know, right. and, and the funny thing is like I think my body was already responding to things that I didn't even know which was responding to, but then once I saw the the nudity, it was like oh, mm-hmm. that's why I'm responding. <laughs> you right. know what I mean? And and I think it was the same thing for me. Like while I didn't see like uh, a magazine or anything like that, what I the the conversation right, and now they were. Maybe somebody else had the same experience you had. Right. Maybe they saw a magazine or a mm-hmm. video or something at their uncle's house and they, you know, found their dad a tape or you know whatever. <laughs> and they came to school and was talking like they knew. because you know when you're young, mm-hmm. it's it's cool to be in the know and to oh, act yeah. like you're experienced and right. to do all these other types of things. And like even though that was my first experience, I remember walking home like cause I used to walk home right with friends. And they would be talking about girls and start going into details that I just mm-hmm. didn't have details about. I had but no I'm, clue what y'all was talking I'm, about. I'm just listening and nodding my head, like you said, and I'm intrigued. And mm-hmm. I don't know quite why I'm intrigued. Mm-hmm. And then, like, my sister went to the, um, when I was in, me and Shonda are three years apart. So when I was in sixth, that made her, what, seventh, eighth, ninth grade. So she's she's like I'm meeting her at Hillcrest because mm-hmm. she's you know she's over there and like I'm seeing her and her little friends and they you know they ninth grade listen so they ain't, ain't no more training bras ain't no more none of that. they you know they <laughs> no they are you know, right they 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 are pretty filled out young women right and now I'm having these conversations I'm looking at her friends like oh. Hey, hey, friend. Hey, can I have a and then, hug? Your, then they friend got a little sisters. I'm like, oh, hey, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So like, I, you're right. Like, it's those like I think the conversations and whatever we're exposed to, while our bodies may have already been responding, we weren't aware until like something woke us up. Right. Shout out to woke on Hulu. Right. Um, Great <laughs> like woke us, um, woke us up and was like, whoa, this is why. Mm-hmm. You know, A, B, and C is why X, Y, Z. Right. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's and, and it's weird because it's like, uh, it because you know, like you said, kind of said, going back to what you said as far as being in the know. Like I, you know, it was a situation where I was like hearing the conversations, and then I would like kind of like try, like I said, trying to be that person that's in the know. And then yeah. hear somebody else's conversations and their stories, and then go to another group of people and be like, "Well, you know, I was doing, you know, right. X, Y, Z, and then I did this with my this and that and blah blah blah." And then they, they looking at me like, "Oh snap, you you know, oh you you did all that," and I'm sitting there lying because I just really wanted to be 
in the know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's yeah, it's crazy. But you know, it's interesting. Like you know, once that happened to me, my brother and I had the conversation. But I wouldn't really consider like that, like the talk. So you know, did you have like the talk? Did I have like, the talk? <laughs> the talk. And if so, so, like how was it? So I did. Okay. Um, I had it at two times in my life. <laughs> the first time was with my dad. Okay. And I don't know if it was ironic because growing up, you know, black folk, we don't send our children to camp. Okay. Historically, we don't. Right. Mm-hmm. We you know you go you know, camp in black houses is typically lock my door and don't open it for no <laughs> like that was Latch that key was, kids, yes. Right, that was summer, right? Uh but most summers, though, when we were a lot younger, my mom would. The reason I'm so close to my grandparents is because in the summertime, Monday through Friday, mm-hmm. Sunday night through Friday afternoon, I would we would literally live with our grandparents because mm-hmm. my mom and them they had nowhere for us to go. Right, and we were too young to be at home by ourselves, and Rashonda was too young to watch both of you know me and Jessica. Right, so we would go to like literally. So for like two months or so, our grandparents. Pretty much raised it. We was at home on the weekends. Okay. And then when school started back, you know, back to normal. Okay. So I remember one of these summers, though, one of them days, I don't, I can't tell you if I asked for it or my parents planned it, but I went to work with my dad. All right. And at the time, he worked as an IT specialist mm-hmm. uh, for a local hospital. And most of his job was like troubleshooting and, mm-hmm. you know, repairing and all this other kind of stuff. And this particular day, I'll never forget it because the conversation was just so. And um, he was putting together like these PCs for this new department, like (laughs) setting up those PCs and getting ready to put in these offices and cubicles, whatever. So he had. So on one end, he started teaching me how to because this is going to age me a little bit. But like the modern day home computer isn't Mm -hmm. it isn't really an old phenomenon. You know what I'm saying? People like computers are ubiquitous now. But back then, like in the 90s. Mm early 2000s like everybody didn't have no computer everybody was pretty much technology deficient right at a point like we do we are the generation that grew up learning how to do it which is why Mm -hmm. we can navigate technology so easily right because we knew everything from vcrs to dvd like we we, we've had it all Mm -hmm. so anyway um my dad was teaching me how to put a computer together like you know how to break one down put together abc one two three and if you know anything about computers you know um, they actually call the parts male and female parts because mm-hmm. of like the holes and the little studs. Okay. But my dad decided to take it a step further. <laughs> okay. Instead of calling them male and female parts, he was like, "This is <laughs> this is the you know the mm-hmm. D and this is the, this is the P and this goes in here and you know if you know anything about an older PC, you know on when you push the, the the cord in there were two little knobs on the side we had to like tighten it okay You're like you gotta tighten it because oh, that's yeah. your protection and, that's <laughs> and i'm just keep it tight i'm, I'm kind of like following and mm-hmm. i'm kind of lost and he would right. stop and say things like you understand what i'm saying i'm like <laughs> are we talking about i, I like, think i know what we're talking and, about and I, I was kind of afraid to say <laughs> yes cause i didn't want him to know that i knew because i didn't <laughs> but at the same time i was kind of confused <laughs> And as I got older, I realized what he was trying to do. Right. Because, again, I think I've said this. My dad is not, like, super – like, we have a amazing relationship today. Mm-hmm. But, like, growing up, he wasn't – he still isn't, like, super emotional. But I think talking to an 11-year-old, 12-year-old, he probably was like, how do I have this conversation? Like, oh, I got him here. Here's a way to do it. And – 
like it was it was cool. We went on about the day and that was it. The second time I had to talk, I had to be I was oof. I want to cuz I was actively cuz so I had a high school sweetheart. Oh. Um which means anybody like in my opinion, you have a high school sweetheart, that means you dated this person for matter. me and this young lady dated from like second semester freshman year all the way up until like first semester senior we broke up senior okay. anyway that was good that was a good while. Oh, wow. that was that was that was a good while right mm-hmm. cutest couple by the way so all the ugly couples that lost to us Aww. anyway uh, <laughs> <laughs> but no so like when i was like in the thrust of dating i think my mom saw how close we had become mm-hmm. because there were some days after school where I would walk to her house mm-hmm. and my mom would pick me up from her house. But her little sisters were there and my little sister was there. So, like, nothing happened. I can honestly say nothing happened. We, we, did we get a little fresh sometimes? Yes. But nothing, <laughs> but nothing happened. I think my mom kind of picked up on the seriousness of that little puppy love and relationship. So, I'll never forget this, too. She called me in the kitchen. She was cooking. And she just came up and she said, you and that little girl having sex. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> whoa, Okay. Good morning. Like, this and I brought immediately my stomach started hurting up and nausea. She's like, mm-hmm. That's why you, you know my mom was deep. That's why you're nauseated because it's something you ain't telling me. And it's about to come up. <laughs> Sanctified. You got the Holy Ghost. Listen, I said, Mama, I said, you literally I catch me off guard, and this is like really like nerve-wracking and embarrassing. And I'm pretty sure that's why I'm feeling this way. <laughs> and because I, I didn't have anything to hide because I wasn't doing anything, right? right? So, but she pretty much just came from, it was a more real conversation, but even after she got through with some of her kind of deep spiritual mm-hmm. undertones and overtones, right. she was also like, you need to put your little penis in a condom. You need to talk to your dad. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, I think her thing was as as into church and into you know her relationship and sanctification as she is. I won't say was, is, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I think at the at the end of it all, she was also a very realistic parent. My mama mm-hmm. also kind of knew uh, I was a little flirtatious. I've heard her call me a tramp before. When I was okay <laughs> when I was when I was younger talking to her friends. Mm, that Josh, I'm gonna watch him because he's a little tramp. Mm-hmm. Um, um, <laughs> but I said it to say. She was, while she wanted me to remain abstinent and pure, I think she was also very, I don't think I know, she was also very realistic. And from her standpoint was, if you're doing this, mm-hmm. if you're going to do this, talk to me and your dad. Right. At least talk to your daddy, right? So that we can make sure you have what you need to be safe. No no babies, no STDs, those type of things. So those were the two versions. Very different mm-hmm. versions of very the talk. Very different. <laughs> but still versions of it nonetheless. Uh, did, did you ever have the talk? With um, no, I never had like the talk. Uh, yeah. I will say that sex was always like a topic in the household. It wasn't like a situation where it was like anybody ever sat down and was like, let me see, my mother was never like bashful. Um to talk about sex and she and she never wanted it to be like you know a thing it, it was normal like my mom you know i got three four of y'all i got four of y'all so y'all got here for a reason so you know sex is a, is a thing so like you know do, there's no need to act like it's just something that you know is like taboo or not to talk about so we always talked about it and also my sister um who's about four years older than me so like one of her like the freshman or sophomore year in high school she was working at like at a clinic so mm. she was like, and that was one of her areas. Um, uh, um, yeah, when she was like a sophomore in high school, she worked at, or interned, whatever, at a clinic. So one of her, you know, areas of discussion was, you know, safe sex and protection. So um, she always had like condoms at the house and stuff like that. That was a part of her job. Um, so we, we, I never had like the talk about sex. 
Um, but it was always a conversation. Like it was, so it wasn't something like, you know, you know, sometimes you hear about sex and you start, kids start giggling, like, you know, it's, it's, you said sex or whatever. It was like, it <laughs> yeah. was never like a, a, you know, something I would ever uh, shy, you know, from, um, in terms of the conversation, but not, nah, we, I never had like, you know, of course I wish I would have had, um, conversations, um, or the talk, like as far as explaining things I had, like when sixth grade, um, what's that thing called? Like, uh, wait, like sex, a, ed. sex ed. Yeah. So I had sex ed, but that's not really, I don't think sex ed really is like the talk. It just shows like this old seventies video, you know, and you know, these little Becky and Johnny, um, they meet each other and mm-hmm. you know, they lay down in the park and then all of a sudden they show you a baby falling out of uh, about to say vagina, a baby falling out of her vagina and then, and then they saying, Oh, you shouldn't be having sex. So it really, it really isn't a, the thing to like have a conversation about like the importance of sex and oh, all that kind of stuff. All. It's really just to show y'all like, if you have sex, you're going to get pregnant. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that was it. I mean, and, and, and they weren't necessarily wrong because Mm-mm. if you think about sex from just like, a scientific standpoint and depending on how spiritual and stuff you are right sex is at its root for like one of its roots is procreation if you're talking about mm-hmm. uh, heterosexual sex between a man and woman right it is for procreation um but on the flip side right sex is also for pleasure mm-hmm. like i'm not having sex just to like oh i'm gonna make a baby no like i'm having sex because it feels good i'm having sex because you know all the emotions and everything that's tied to it the euphoria of a climax all all of those different Mm -hmm. things so like from a school standpoint yes i think they did their job in teaching us about you know contraceptives and things like that because i think i took we didn't actually have sex ed we Mm -hmm. had it was just part of our health class okay and we had to, like, we were sent home this form that said, like, we're going to be teaching it this week. Do you want your child in it? Because I think we could have went to, like, the library or something if our parents said no. My parents signed off on it because, like, again, like, it wasn't, like, an open topic in our house. But it was also something my parents didn't necessarily shy away from. Okay. Because, like, my parents didn't necessarily, like, one no. TV guards on our TV. When the sex scene came, my parents were like, cover your eyes. Cover your eyes, Or, yep. <laughs> or, or my mom would conveniently be like, go pour me some more juice. You know, like, <laughs> those types of things. But at the same time, like, it wasn't, I don't know, like, it wasn't like, it, it, it just wasn't, it wasn't taboo, but it also wasn't, like, freely talked about. So I don't think my mom had a problem with the school teaching us about condoms and ABC and one, two, three. Um, so def, yeah, sex ed is not the end all be all. And any parents out here who may be dealing with a preteen, don't you let that middle school be the only conversation right? that they have. Because just like me and Brian, if you don't talk to them about it in some regard, their mm-hmm. friends are going to talk oh, yeah. about sex. Oh yeah. Their friends are going to talk about something, especially if you're raising your child I don't want to say innocent, but like if you have like for us, like we have guards on their iPads and things like that. So mm-hmm. while Josh may be curious about certain things or whatever as he's growing up, he's also the type of child who's just not watching sex scenes and listening mm-hmm. to, you know, kind of he ain't listening to Chris, like certain he's certain Chris Brown songs. I don't play around my son, right? Because right. he is very much in tune with not with language, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And I don't need him to know what take you like, Daddy. What does take you down, take man? You. <laughs> take you down to the riverside <laughs> to get baptized. Um, right to go get baptized. You know what I'm saying? So, um, but yeah, parents definitely do a better job. Speaking of that, though, Brian, like, was there? I guess is there any good or bad advice? Like after the initial like crazy conversation with your peers and your brothers, like. Is there was like good advice or just general bad advice that you received about 
sex? Um, I think the let me see. Okay, so even though like we didn't have like the talk with my mom, mm-hmm. um, she always you know said that you should intersex with with maturity. You know what I'm saying? Of course, yeah. the objective was you know be married because my mom was sanctified. So you know they practice abstinence. Amen. Mm-hmm. Um, but my mom wasn't stupid. You know what I'm saying? She understood right. that it was like. That you know, because my my mom was in high school at one point. She was in middle school at one point, so she knew all this stuff. So the you know her advice really was just like you know, you know, if you go and do it, of course protection is 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 a thing and it's necessary. Um, but as far as your level of maturity, um, but as far as let me see, so let me see some of the advice that I got from my peers was um, <laughs> I know one dude said that you gotta. Um, in order for you to last long, he said, "Don't, don't, don't squeeze your butt cheeks. <laughs> don't squeeze. Don't them. squeeze your butt cheeks. You gotta stay, okay. gotta stay relaxed." <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> I ain't never heard that one. <laughs> I said, "All right, well, bless you." Okay. <laughs> um, what else was funny? Uh, of course, you hear like the you know the stupid stuff like you know. Yeah, you have sex in certain positions. You can't get somebody pregnant, and you know, yeah. stupid like if she's on that. top. You can't. She can't get pregnant. Right. Uh, I'm here to tell you that that is a lie. <laughs> <laughs> Testify, medical. I got. I got two pieces of empirical evidence <laughs> upstairs that can tell you that is a lie. Oh, um, it's, hilarious! It's so many bad things. I've heard someone tell me one time that like orange juice. Like somehow increases your libido. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, and I'm like, you know, am, 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 am I am I trying to get it up or am I trying to be healthy? Like, am I trying to increase this vitamin C intake? Mm-hmm. Um, like that was something really dumb. One really good thing I think I heard about sex, which was, um, again, sorry, mom, I, <laughs> <laughs> um, I lost my virginity um, freshman year of high school. I mean, okay. Oh, all right. College. <laughs> college. <laughs> um, freshman year of college. And one thing that I will say about the experience before I got into it was that I had a friend of mine mm-hmm. um, at the time who, like, we were, like, getting condoms. Like, the infirmary at Morehouse had a bucket full of them, but they were just all kind of stuff. Because, I mean, that's the infirmary, right? Right, right. It's the clinic at the school. You go get your, you go get your things. Right. And one conversation we had was like, Josh, you need to know what type of condom you want. Oh, Lord. And I'm like, you know. A condom is a condom. A condom is a condom, but the reason I'm going to tell you that yeah, it's yeah. good advice yeah, yeah. is because, like, not all condoms are made. Exactly, yeah, yeah, Right, exactly. so you got, so in my mind, that's what I'm thinking, like, a condom is a condom. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just trying to be safe. But you got, like, the thin, you got, like, cheap brands that may bust. You got uh, Magnums. You mm-hmm. got Magnum Extra Larges. You got, you know, all these different types of things. And if you're not sure of yourself, mm-hmm. <laughs> you can find yourself with one of them condoms slipping off. You can find it with, if you get a super sensitive one where, you know, to, to your or, you know, your advice person, no matter how relaxed you are, you know, it's going to end quickly. You know what I'm saying? Because it post, it's supposed to feel more natural. Mm-hmm. Or you got the lamb skin. Like, there's so, there literally there's so much. So much that you don't know. Lubed and ribbed. Um, and- right, lube, right. All that different kind of stuff. So, like, we kind of had a conversation. And I was able to choose at the time what I thought was the best fit for me. So, that was a great piece of advice going into it as well. Like, just kind of understanding 
the um the differences in contraceptives mm-hmm. and also understanding and you know me anybody who know me and Brian y'all know we preachers you know we Christian we love so the we're Lord not, we're not celebrating premarital sex but what we are saying is that in the experience of having it right like there are certain things that uh, and we also being realistic yeah, right? yeah, yeah. oh yeah hu- humans um are gonna do what humans do and sometimes that means that we fall prey mm-hmm. to our flesh and exactly like, that's the word of god and, and, and we engage mm-hmm. right in, in in those activities i'm not i'm not even trying to justify that but i'm just saying that's what it is but anyway as you're preparing and seeking to be responsible i think there are different things that that are supposed to be like oh clear mm-hmm. but you don't all but sometimes when you're when you're a novice or you're unlearned right like you don't understand that there's so much more that can go into this. Mm-hmm. And for me, that was a good piece of advice because all I ever heard, the little bit of advice that I did hear growing mm-hmm. up was, if you do have sex, wear a condom. But right. I didn't know when I got to Walgreens that it was a whole row. Right. And different brands, like mm-hmm. you said, different brands, different, all the different kind of stuff. And I'm just like, okay, I'm not going to ask nobody. But thankfully, I had a friend that I could talk to. And we talked through it, and you know, I felt like I made a decent, <laughs> a decent <laughs> right. And I even think, like, if you got to consider the fact of, like, uh, even when it comes to the, um, like, it when it came to sex, when we were talked, when it was talked about, it was really just the the surface, right? It was, um, don't have sex because you'll get somebody pregnant, right? But it was never really the conversations, um, that went deeper than just the sex, like as far as um, what that does, what your maturity level is when it comes to having sex or, um, your, yeah, your, your maturity, your, your emotional maturity or your ability to handle, um, the, your, your body can handle the sex. Um, but can you, you know, mentally handle the sex? So even when like the conversations were had, um, in terms of sex, even with our friends in our friends group and stuff like that, we never really discussed, um, the emotional, uh, not emotional, but the mental, um, aspect of sex. So it was always like, um, again, don't have sex. You might get somebody pregnant. Um, but it was never like, don't have sex with this person because you might be uh, sprung or you know, open wide open and you 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 stuck on this person. It was never that conversation. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, no, absolutely. And I think because whether we want to admit it or not, sex comes with emotion, right? And it comes with a connection. Whether you want to get real deep, and I don't feel like doing that, mm-hmm. talking about soul ties and all, all that stuff. stuff. All right. Um, but what I will say is that. When you in a lot of people can't separate sex from emotion and mm-hmm. love and all that kind of stuff. Like there are some people who could do the one night stand or whatever, ever going on about their business, right? Right. Again, college. But what, <laughs> but I, but what I will say is that like everybody can't, and especially when you're that young, puppy love is a thing. Yeah. And while me and my high school sweetheart did not engage, mm-hmm. I feel like if we had, mm-hmm. there may have been room for us. I don't think we would have gotten married or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe I married who I'm supposed to have been married Amen. to. Amen. Wonderful woman but, of God. Yeah, but what I will say is that maybe we would not have broken up because right. of all of the different emotions tied to mm-hmm. what could have been, right. right? So I think that's very true when we're having these conversations. It's not just that I don't want you to have sex because mm-hmm. you're my child, mm-hmm. but I think more of that is attached to the fact that I think you're too immature mm-hmm. for what a sexual relationship brings. Right, right. Because also, when you're 16, 15, you're horny. 
Horny. And while you may have a girlfriend, if somebody else is, you know what I'm saying, attracted, who's to, and then you get into this space of being irresponsible. Mm-hmm. And because you're not the most responsible at that age, and you're probably trying to hide condoms from your parents, you're trying to sneak around and do this, and you're trying to sneak around from your girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Your like, you, you, you're doing a lot because you're not supposed <laughs> to be doing it, right? So I think just that level of immaturity is reason enough for you to at least be in a space to where I say, hey, I'm an adult. Mm-hmm. I have this. You know, maybe, maybe I have some freedom now. Right. Maybe this is a time I can start thinking through what this next level kind of looks like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. And what's, you know, we kind of talked about as far as the soul ties and stuff like that. And even you said it earlier, and if you'd listen to the podcast, you know, we church kids. Um, so even with the good advice, the bad advice. Um, you know, let's, let's kind of just talk about the, talk about this, like as far as church, your Christian upbringing and background, <laughs> how does that affect your ideas on sex? Um, I can kind of say even for me, I didn't have sex as early as I, you know, I probably wanted to because of the fear, <laughs> <laughs> the fear of the Lord. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. I mean, me too. Yeah. I'm telling you the reason why it happened freshman year of college was because there was a level, I was away from my parents and away mm-hmm. from it all. Right. So I felt like I Everything I didn't have to stink. I didn't do anything. Right it, when I wanted Freedom. to do it, I was able to do it. Mm-hmm. And to your point too, it was also the condemnation of it all. Right, right. Because I, you know, I always the the fear of like you know that soon as this gonna happen, <laughs> somebody gonna get pregnant. Somebody gonna get pregnant. I'm gonna start itching. Yeah, like, I'm, something's you know, gonna happen. <laughs> something's gonna happen. You know, the Lord gonna open the sky and then I'm gonna be caught in sin. Like <laughs> I'm gonna be caught, he gonna rapture me. <laughs> I'm gonna right get left in the behind. middle of it. <laughs> right in the middle of it. Um, so yeah, that that when that was the thing is I think it was the uh the the fear of like, you know, condemnation was something that kind of really messed me up. That's why I, I consider myself like a late bloomer. Mm-hmm. I would didn't have sex and so I was like, uh <laughs> I was really a late bloomer. <laughs> <laughs> twenty one, maybe. <laughs> oh, that's fine. Right, twenty one, twenty two, twenty one, twenty one. How old was I? Telling all my business here. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, yeah so it was uh, it, it, and that's the thing but it was also like in the, after they had sex I was like oh lord <laughs> I'm gonna die I'm, I'm, I'm a sinner I'm gonna <laughs> uh, I'm a sinner lord like save me it was like fight temptation what kind of sinner is she unrepentant <laughs> And then I did it again. And then I did it again. <laughs> and I did it again. And I did it again. <laughs> Said, Lord, forgive me. Lord, forgive me. Then I went on a break and then did, did it, it again. again. <laughs> um, but no, man, I think what, where the church failed us and uh-huh. they failed people is they always preach the condemnation of right, sex. Right, 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 right. Like, don't have sex, you're married. 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 Right. And according to our Christian principles, that's right. Right. right? If you, if you, if your faith is in the Christian faith or mm-hmm. whatever your ethics and morals are, because mm-hmm. we may have some people who are not Christian but still believe in, right. you know, married sex, um, then it's absolutely right. I'm not going to ever condemn anybody Never. for being a virgin until marriage or anything. Like, there's no shame in it. There's anything. And I think that the church does um, a, an overly good job mm-hmm. making sure that we remain pure. Right. However, why I think the church fails is we talk we talk so much about the consequences mm-hmm. of premarital sex mm-hmm. that we almost condition people to not embrace their sexuality. Right, right, right. Um, because you have so many, I think women maybe suffer from it most. 
um, the men, they get into the marriage bedroom mm-hmm. and they don't know how to navigate. They still are dealing with, they're married now mm-hmm. and they still deal with a guilt yep. mm-hmm. of, of of doing it. They're still, because so many times they were taught that it was nasty yep. and yep. you yep. shouldn't yep. be doing it. So when you grow up thinking that something is disgusting, you don't embrace the beauty of it because right. it was taught to you in a way that was supposed to incite fear mm-hmm. instead of educating you mm-hmm. about why it's, I think going back to the maturity point, right? If this is my faith why is it important to to remain a virgin until marriage right. why you know what i'm saying you shouldn't want to do a b and c and these and these kind of things but also on the flip side explaining that sex is ordained mm-hmm. and god like you know what i'm saying when he said be fruitful and multiply yes procreation but also like engage yeah, your and spouse and be like be enjoy like, it song, enjoy like song of solomon is a whole listen book. You know what I'm saying? That talks about the beauty of sexual mm-hmm. interaction and things of that magnitude. And I think that we have to debunk this myth that sex is bad. Sex isn't wrong. No. Sex outside of the, the confines of your belief system is wrong. Right, right. And, right. Yeah, and, and the thing is, uh, you know, like I said, they did a bad job of like, you know, painting. Like sex is always bad, 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 bad. And then what happens is. When you hear that it's so bad, 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 but then when you have it and it feels good, 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 then it's like, oh, well, you know, if, if living right, if doing this is wrong, <laughs> I don't want to be right. I don't want to be right. So, so then you, you you dive into that. But even like considering like the, the thought process, the maturity behind, even my, we're both preachers here, but you know, even when I like talk to my mentees about sex, of course, you know, the, the conversation is like, you know, marriage is right. You know what I'm saying? And and it's not because just because marriage is right, because it's like all those other things you have to deal with or the thought process or the um, the emotional issues you have to deal with. And even like some of the comparisons. So you over here, you know, knocking boots with a whole bunch of people and then you get married and the person that you knock knocking boots with ain't as good as the, all the other people you was knocking boots with. Then you're going to be thinking like, oh, exactly. I and, wonder where they are. What? And that's real too, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's part of the story of why I'm not gonna say it's important for you to be a virgin, but I think that's that should be a part of the conversation, right? right? right. Because if somebody's doing something sexually, Listen. like if you if you were dealing with this big old, you know, Megan got the song called "Big Old Freak," big, hey, big, big old freak, <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> but no, if if you were with that kind of okay, let's consider the song "Wop," and we may talk about that a yes. little bit more. But like those women are very explicit about what they want, what mm-hmm. they would do, all these different kinds of things. So if you go from in one experience dealing with that type of person, let me just mm-hmm. say person, mm-hmm. then and you get married to somebody who's a lot more conservative, right? I'm not going to say you set yourself up for failure, but you are in a position to like, whoa, mm-hmm. I was used to toes curling, right? Toes curling, <laughs> you know, all different types of toys, lube, like all, and if this positions, like, nope, sweating, just, all kinds of stuff, I just want to be on top. I just want to lay, lay there and do your business as they say, <laughs> with all my clothes <laughs> on in color purple, right? You know what I'm saying? So, um, I think like that should be a part of the conversation and right. those aren't a part of the conversation. And you're right. When I've talked to my mentees, these are some of the conversations that I've had too. Like some of the reasons why you should wait but also i told you what my mama told me mm-hmm. as sanctified as she was she's like but if you decide yep, to, exactly um That's- here are some of the things you need to do and mm-hmm. these are some of the things you need to be aware of right, right? so um because i told my mentees like if you need me to take you to go get a condom i will go easy like, I, I'm not I'm not encouraging you to smash and do all this other no. kind of stuff, but I'd rather you instead of trying to test your pullout game, mm-hmm. messing with somebody who may not be as you know pure mm-hmm. or clean or whatever as you, right? Right. I want you to be protected. So right. Let's. So if we gotta go, 
I ain't buying nothing extra. Anything extra you want, that's your business. No, you ain't buying no but KY I, and all right, that kind of stuff. I ain't buying none of that crap, but I will, I will go spend, you know, say seven, eight dollars on, on a two pack mm-hmm. and, you know, and make sure that you're good for the night. Right. And I think that is the conversation that's missing. Mm-hmm. We're not, you don't have to encourage sex to also be able to teach safe sex. Right, right, right. Because you can, you can preach abstinence. Yeah. Um, but you also have to, you know, understand like, you know, wisdom uh you know because bible says you know <laughs> the spirit is willing but the but flesh, flesh is weak, is weak. Yeah. And, <laughs> and paul even says the good that i would do i don't i don't yeah <laughs> you know i don't you know and we can go through all kinds of scriptures that kind of tell you like you know you know in this flesh dwells no good thing like so it's like mm-hmm. the thing of like yeah you know i know it's wrong but it's like i'm you know you're one of your favorite rappers uh, has a song called Church. You know what I'm saying? It's uh, what has it go? Uh, they she want to do sex, have drugs. Some what she wants to in the morning. She want to have drinks, have sex, and some some some. some. But like, I got baby, I got church, church in the morning. morning. Be a Chicago so, kid and chance rapper. Yes. Right, and you know, uh, you maybe we can make it heaven because I'm staying. Like I'm here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm yeah. here. Um, so I'm gonna make it. <laughs> you know. So I'm already here. So I don't want to go home. Cause I'm already in. I'm already you know in this situation, and I know what I want. So. I'm just praying that, you know, Lord, I get me out of this. And so it's it, oftentimes we're in those situations, you know, the, the saints would be like, oh, you should have flee. You should have left. You should have, you know, the, 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 the Bible, give, the, God will give you a way of escape. And oftentimes yeah, yeah, you know, there is a way, there is of, a escape, way of escape, but that don't mean I'm going to leave. Right. <laughs> oftentimes I don't want to escape. <laughs> you know, that's the truth of it all. You know what I'm saying? So, um, but I think, you know, although I think the church has, you know, you know, I'm, I would I'm never going to be the person who's going to openly, um, and I, you would probably do the same with, I'm not gonna, ever going to openly sit there and say that the church was, um, wrong. I would just say that, you know, some of the methods, um, I see, I'm gonna say they had good intentions. Let me say that. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think they came from a good place, but I don't think sometimes they were educated enough, um, to kind of, um, other than just the, either trying to put the fear of the Lord in us or just say, cause the Bible said, and mo- it oftentimes like, you know, the Bible said it's cool, but like you know, if you give me some like other real life reasons why it's not good for me, or I should wait, then maybe I would wait. Right, exactly, and I think that's the better conversation, right? The ways in which I should wait, some more practical reasons, like give me Bible, mm-hmm. absolutely, but also give me real practical reasons on why I should wait, and then be realistic with me as well. Mm-hmm. You know, just like like you said, prepare me, mm-hmm. and 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 also give me some. Instead of saying you should have fleed, okay, I didn't flee. Now, mm-hmm. what happens if I'm in the situation? Right, right. right. You know, what I'm saying how do I avoid going there? So maybe it's. You know, I was like, just like we referenced the chance on, maybe mm-hmm. I made it tonight, but next time I won't be that strong. So now the conversation is, all right, Josh, you got out, you know what I'm saying? You didn't do it. So let's think through the next date. Do you walk her in? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Right. And so that's when you begin to teach discipline mm-hmm. and you begin to teach strategies and you start knowing your weaknesses and what turns you on. Like there was a time where I was dealing with this young lady in college. And um, we were trying our best <laughs> not to, <laughs> but then um, we gave in one particular time because, like, we kept playing this certain type of music. Mm. And I knew that music, it was really more, it was her, mm-hmm. but she got handsy. And oh, I was God. like, all right, if we want to chill, then we can't listen. Like, I'm good listening to the music mm-hmm. and, like, just whatever. But you are not. This is literally right. doing some David-type stuff for you. It's, <laughs> it's bringing, it's making, you, you know, you're making your emotions and stuff go. 
But, you know, and I'm not, and if you start doing something to me, I'm not necessarily going to deny you the privilege of having <laughs> me. <laughs> so, um, but no, on a serious note, though, like, we were able to identify that. And when we did kind of snap out of it all, it was mm-hmm. like, all right, cool. This is what we're not going to play. Right. And this is what we're not going to listen to when we're um, alone and things like that. So I think, like, building barriers and being in a relationship and understanding boundaries and teaching what boundaries are. Oh, yeah. Right? Definitely. Because some people, you may not know what your boundaries are, so you may need to just begin to set just random ones mm-hmm. until you're able to identify your level of strength, mm-hmm. your level of discipline, because it's different for every single person. So I think as far as the church is concerned, we have to do a better job of doing a holistic lesson mm-hmm. of the beauty of what sex is, the consequence. When I say consequences, I don't always mean like negative. I mean just hell. the results. Right. Of, right? <laughs> the consequences or results of mm-hmm. having sex. And then the ways in which uh, purity or abstinence is should be celebrated mm-hmm. and the ways that we can be successful in their pursuit. Um, even if you, even if you're not a virgin, like right. there are ways that you can, you know, recommit right. and be like, you know what, I'm chill until A, B, and C, right? right? And I think if we just approach it realistically, and then don't don't demonize it. Right. I think that's the thing too. Don't demonize mm-hmm. sex, but just talk about. Like, really talk about, if we're going to say no fornication, let's talk about fornication. Right. Let's not talk about sex itself. And I right. think that's where they mess up. Right. We, we demonize sex, mm-hmm. right? But when we when we technically should be talking against fornication. Right. And I think that's the difference that the church didn't know how to, like you said, they were well intended. Well intended. But they didn't know the difference between the two. Right. And, and, and what's interesting is that, you know, as we are in church, and the reason why they had the, it's kind of they're they're up against the fight because not only are we getting this information at Bible study and and you YPWW and all that kind of stuff for those that you know don't know that's like youth YPW, that's no. like youth you know Bible study or whatever um we on the same on the flip side we are listening to music we got our favorite TV shows we watching movies um and all of those medium medium. Right. Yep, mediums mediums mm-hmm. are are giving us a different story about sex they're showing us what romance and what love is and all that kind of stuff you know so mm-hmm. the meat um so media is giving us so much stuff you know that we're digesting and it's like oh you know they're giving me a, a bigger or broader uh a view of what you know what sex is to where yeah. the church seems like you know they can't really can't really mess with it so you know within that when it comes to media like what was it what effect did it have on you? So, I guess... And, and when I say media, like mainstream, not like pornography. Yeah, no, absolutely. I get what you're saying. Um, so, I guess the effect it had on me was that... Okay, so, I understand the privilege that I rest in and mm-hmm. being raised in a two-parent household. Okay. And while I was like not at all interested in my parents' sex life. <laughs> I did know that my parents were affectionate. Like we mm-hmm. were uh I think my entire family's love language and it's probably just how we were raised was mm-hmm. quality time. Mm-hmm. So we okay. would legit sit like on a Friday night we would get either Crumpy's wings or X Lines oh, pizza. Yes. Wings. <laughs> <laughs> um that was just our thing, either wings or pizza, right? mainly crumpies because they had whole wings. That's a whole other discussion. All right. But but we would get one of those takeout places and we would literally sit and my mama would splurge and get like a pay-per-view movie Mm -hmm. or we kept like HBO or something or like we we also had a stack full of VHSs. Uh, shout out to the old people who watch VHS. Right, blockbuster night. Uh, and, we, and we had a floor model TV. Oh. 
we kept that thing for years. <laughs> my mom was like, it worked. We're watching it. But anyway, we would gather around that thing in the den and just laugh and talk. And you know how kind of like watching really great television is kind of like cult-ish. Mm-hmm. I ain't going to say cultish, but you know it's like cult culture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody. Um, so we, we were like that, like Soul Food, the series. Okay. Oh, I know I shouldn't watch this stuff. I'm, but we they watched had, like, it. Sex scenes, sex scenes. Yeah, but my mama let us watch it. Um, but again, when those things happen, we would cover our eyes. Mm-hmm. Go get me some juice. I'm peeking. <laughs> or, or I was I just got smart enough in certain moments. Like you know what, I'm gonna go. I'm just gonna go use the bathroom because I <laughs> I know you want me to get out. Right. Um, and I'll come on back. But anyway, we would gather as family to watch that or watch. My mama loved New York Undercover. Oh, Malik Yoba. And, yeah, you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. But it was like, but we found, and I think that's why I'm such a big TV person now mm-hmm. because we found camaraderie and love. I say all that to say. The kids could be on the floor, on the couch, whatever. My mom will be sitting with her legs, you know, across my dad. Mm-hmm. Or my dad would, like, lean into her, you know, lean into her shoulders and things like that. You know, mm-hmm. so they were always very affectionate. And my dad does what I do. He would walk up behind my mom and slap her butt while she, while she cooking. Hey. And, you know, and even as the quote-unquote evangelist, you know, she, like, she didn't say, stop that in front of the children. Like, she kept, she looked back, and she <laughs> kept cooking. Uh, you know what I'm saying? So I saw the ways mm-hmm. that my parents were affectionate. So I don't think the, even, and again, I have no desire to know anything <laughs> about their sex life. But I'm also not dumb. I know how babies got here, right? Mm-hmm. I got two, we got two sisters. Um, so I know what was going on, and I saw their level of affection and love mm-hmm. for each other. So while I was very oblivious to what they did personally and want to remain that way uh-huh. until death, <laughs> <laughs> um, the media didn't really affect me so much because I knew what, what I believe a healthy relationship that, in, again, they got kids, right? right. So it has a relationship that included sex, what it looks like. Mm-hmm. So for me, if somebody's somewhere crying, I'm like, um, that's just the effects of whatever dating or singlehood, singleness looks right. like because I know what compatibility and whatever, whatever. So while, and I'm not going to lie, like as a teen, some of it did influence me because, mm-hmm. you know, some like I said, with me and my high school sweetheart, even when I was in college, some of the ways I would approach or some of my expectations okay. about sex or date nights and things like that were sometimes fueled by mm-hmm. the media. Right. Um, not so much. And sometimes music, too. Like, you hear certain songs and I want to flip you and blah, 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 blah. And then in the moment, like, oh, I don't Ooh, she kind of heavy. I don't know if I, you know, so, you know it's like, so, you know, so I right. do think even if it's subconsciously, it does weigh down on our psyche and if you don't get the kiss at the front door mm-hmm. does that mean that your your opening you know to engage is over when it may not be like it's just like she just kiss you because she don't want to kiss you outside like right, you know right. what i'm saying like so i think there are so many like myths mm-hmm. in media mm-hmm. and music and not necessarily myths but it's it's not they don't give you what they give you they present it as a formula but right. it's not it's formula. not at all you know, mm-hmm. this isn't Pythagorean theorem. It doesn't apply right. to everything. You know what I'm saying? And your experience may be 30 times different. I think we can find, like we talk about the wood, when, mm-hmm. I forget that character, but him and Alicia, when they finally had sex and they Mike, both lost their Is it Mike? No, Mike was the, the, um, Mike was the tall one. Slim was the tall one. Uh, Slim was the tall one. Mike was the one that got married. Oh, uh, 
It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> anyway, you know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Him and Alicia. Okay. The main, the Omar Epps character. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> Omar Epps character. When they had sex the first time, I think there are, like, that movie scene, I think that we can relate to it. Right. Because it was super fast. Mm-hmm. They didn't know what they were doing. Didn't know I what think to do. For most young men, no matter how old you are, if it's your first time, mm-hmm. You ain't finna be in there 30, 45 minutes Listen. or nothing. Like, you can tell that lie to somebody else. Right. Um, but, and, and both of them was like, oh, that's it? That's so it. So I think there's some reality, mm-hmm. right, in what we see, some ways in which we can relate. Um, like, J. Cole has a song that kind of describes his first time. Mm-hmm. Oh, What's yeah. Uh, Wet song? Dreams. Um, Wet Dreams, yep, yes. Yep, yep, yep. And listening to it, I'm like, although I wasn't in high school, but, like, kind of the way it played out, like, having the conversations and mm-hmm. talking about this, and I can be able, like, all of that is kind of very similar right. to most people's first-time experience. Mm-hmm. So to answer, so to sum it up, I really think that while media, for me, didn't necessarily influence what sex was, mm-hmm. I do think we find familiarity and we oftentimes build some level of expectation right. on what we see and what we hear. Right, and I I can agree with that because I think the, to me, uh, I, I, you know, different household, single-parent household, and my mom was kind of intentional about like, she was adamant about, uh, you know, not having dudes in the house. So she was adamant about shielding us from like relationships. So she may have been doing it, you know, she said she wasn't, but she may have, I don't know. But I, so I had never really seen, you know, that stuff. So a lot of, not a lot of, some of the stuff I, you know, kind of grew up on TV. I, I didn't really, I don't think I ever got the, uh, like the, like the nasty part of it. Like the, you know, tip drill music video type stuff or the. Yeah, no, I ain't, uh, <laughs> it's X-rated. I did I never, I never thought like, you know. It about to that level, but kind of like the, you know, I think I'm kind of like that person now, like that, you know, that romance, you know, connection, you know, that type stuff, like, you know, loving basketball type stuff. That's how that happens. And if you say this and you say that, then this is what's going to happen. And, you know, that, that expectation of if I'm just the nice guy or I do this and I, you know, care, then this is what the outcome will be. Um, but oftentimes, I, you know, I think we realize and we find out that, um, again, like you said, the reality is nothing. Well, you know what the expectation that they give us doesn't really match the reality. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like that kind of bringing it back to the wood is how media kind of, I, I think in that moment when Alicia and, and, uh, and Omar's character or the, the younger character, when they did have sex for the first time and they were like, Oh, is that's it? I think they probably have their expectations off of schoolyard conversation. Like we talked about earlier or off of media. So they was thinking like, Oh, this was going to be, cause you know, some songs they'd be talking about like, Oh, we haven't sex all night long. And I'll be, you know, sidebar. His name was Mike. It was so Mike, it was okay. Mike Slim and Ron. Mike Slim. Okay. Ron. And Mike was Omar Ips. Okay, but you know, in 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 music, oftentimes they're like, "Oh, we have a se- you know what is it? Color Me Bad has a song. I want to sex you up. Mm-hmm. We're gonna be sexing to the morning and all that kind of stuff." So in your mind, you're thinking like, you know, "Oh, so you know, when I do have sex, it's gonna be a long experience." But then, like in that movie, in that moment, you're like, "Oh, that's what that was." You know what I'm saying? So right. Um, yes, yeah, so I do think there is a difference between expectation and reality. So what would you say your you know? the difference you saw based off of your expectations and then what the reality is? Um, I think the differences was like, it wasn't 
So ideally, like again, freshman year, without giving too many details, I won't say any names. Like you know, I, I lost my virginity in the dorm. Mm-hmm. You know, so <laughs> so I think the I think the expectation was to be. Uh, first of all, I thought it would have happened younger. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. But even when it did happen, I thought it would be like after a romantic. You know, even and like I am a bit of a romantic, but I'm also a realist. Right. Um. Especially being married. When you get married, like we probably talk about that, what marriage sex is. Like, sometimes mm. you ain't got time for flowers. You ain't got time for it. Stuff. But anyway, but I did think it would, not that I wanted my first time to be special, um, <laughs> but I did have this expectation of it'll probably be after some date, you know, probably some committed. I, I did not think it would be like uh, a, a one-off because I lost my virginity to a, a girl I did not date. I was not oh. dating. We was just kind of talking. Okay. Uh, All right. <laughs> um, and we actually went on like, you know, one date. And then literally after that first date, it was, that's what it was. Tied out. Um, okay. So I, yeah. So I thought it would be um, like we would be in a relationship and it would be with somebody that I loved and like all these kind of different expectations of what it would be. And the reality of it was is that we were horny freshmen. Um, I think we were feeling each other because mm-hmm. uh, we saw each other on the yard. We went out on like one little date and we went and, you know, Morehouse has this thing. Morehouse and Spelman has this thing where you don't get visitation as a freshman um, until like, ooh, so I can't tell you how many weeks, but so many weeks. Mm-hmm. And this was after visitation and I didn't have a roommate freshman year. Okay. So she was able to come up and, hey. you know, it wasn't no one thing led to another. When she came up there, I think we both knew what was up. Um, and I had already been to the infirmary and had, you know, ready. My, my contraceptives in the room and things like that. And it just happened. I walked her back to her dorm. Um, we talked a little bit. We never officially dated. Mm-hmm. I think we engaged, um, had sex maybe two or three more times. Okay. And we were just cool up until we graduated. Um, and that was just, and that was just it. So I think the expectation was to either be in this relationship or I, or I think the flip side of that too was maybe I don't be in a relationship but maybe I'm in this string of just like sexual partners right? because I had friends as teenagers that's what they did right mm-hmm. they just was they by the time they were 18 they probably had 18 partners getting it mm-hmm. um, they were just getting it in I was like maybe I would but I also I always was also the good guy so I kind of knew too. that wouldn't be my path um, so the fact that I wasn't in a committed relationship wasn't even in a relationship with the girl that I lost my virginity to or anything like that. We just kind of were what we were for each other mm-hmm. literally for about a month and a half. And that was it. Um, so I think that was very different. And the fact, like I said, it wasn't what the movie showed. It right. wasn't what well, it even wasn't what the wood showed because even like after we had our initial little moment, like we was like, all right, cool. That's it. Cause she wasn't a virgin. And she's like, okay. all right, now that you got that out the way, just run let it back, me, you know. Just let me run it back, and so <laughs> I, think, I think that's the other thing too. I thought it would be both of us mm-hmm. as virgins, where like I was in this position to where, sorry, mom, um, <laughs> where she was like she was she taught me because mm-hmm. I didn't know, right? So I think that was, and I think that's the other thing, like too, like we um, kind of put sex in a space where the man mm-hmm. leads and he knows everything, and he's the one that's supposed to be leading and blah 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 blah. When actually, we're gonna be honest, it's really easy for men to be pleased. Easy. Um, I do think <laughs> that there are ways where we can be kind of like bored with it or whatever. But right. for the most part, if we're attracted to you and we want it, we gonna get what 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 needs to happen from us is gonna happen. But right. Women, it has to be an emotional connection. Mm-hmm. There are sometimes you know ways that you need to reach that spot for them, like all right. these different type of things. So she got into the drivers. I think that was different too. Like I wasn't expecting to be a student. 
Right. <laughs> um, you know, I, I you know, I just wasn't expecting it. But like the, well, like what were some of those things for you? I would actually say it's, it's kind of similar. It's kind of parallel. I will say this. Okay. So so I know earlier I talked about as far as my like, you know, late blooming uh was due to like the fear of God, but I was also like deathly shy of like girls. I don't know what okay. it was, you know. I was just like super shy. So shout out to all the people who I curved back in the day. I was like extremely shy and I was just low key, I was just afraid. You know what I'm saying? Like I didn't it was the, you know, the um, the insecurities, you know, to be honest, the insecurities of the conversations in the locker room. You hear other people talking about, like, I'm doing X, Y, Z, blah, 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 and this, yeah. this, and that. And then I'm on my mind, I'm thinking, like, I'm afraid of that. You know what I'm saying? I just, you know, I didn't have the confidence in that. So same thing when, you know, when I did have sex for the first time, it was a person who, you know, I would say – uh was in control <laughs> you know what i'm saying like i was learning uh in that moment and it wasn't like a and it wasn't even like a romantic situation it wasn't like you know dinner we walk in the park holding hands mm-hmm. you know i drop you off at the house we were just at the house bored on martin luther king day one year <laughs> <laughs> off work ain't doing nothing just bored and it's like mm, want to have sex <laughs> you know what i'm saying it wasn't even like it wasn't even like on some um on some like uh like romantic type stuff and i like to say i like romance but it was just like a we ain't doing nothing let's just have sex yeah. we ain't doing yeah. nothing let's do each other um <laughs> <laughs> and it was just like that and it was like i was just enjoying the ride um literally <laughs> literally <laughs> just enjoying the ride and then it, and then in my mind i was thinking like oh okay that's it and then and then here's the thing here's the kicker i was not prepared <laughs> so we talked about being prepared i was not prepared Okay. I was not prepared. So think about that. Not being prepared mm-hmm. and then not knowing, you know, what, uh, the heck you were doing. what the heck I was doing. So mind you, pull out game does not exist. <laughs> pull out game does not exist. So I'm just, you know, doing said business. <laughs> going forth, going forth. Um, and then just, you know, no control, just splat <laughs> and then uh the young lady goes did you uh i'm gonna say <laughs> i mean the, 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 the um the you know the better term did you ejaculate i said i don't even know <laughs> <laughs> i think so so we sitting there trying to wipe stuff out of the out of the vagina <laughs> and then and that's when the con so think about this i'm thinking you know, the worst scenario is I ejaculated in this girl. Mm-hmm. She's pregnant and I'm going to hell. <laughs> all, <laughs> all, I'm just sad. I'm just done. I, I was, am depressed. Listen, I was at the altar that Sunday. Betty God. Uh, and, and mind oh, you, it was too. Monday. I went straight to that, to that purple carpet <laughs> <laughs> and got my life together. <laughs> it was, Betty God, it was Monday. I had to wait a whole week to get into the sanctuary, get into the house of the about, Lord. Something about church, but we repenting at home don't it don't care. It, 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 it ain't the same. You gotta thing. go to the altar. <laughs> I lay before the Lord. <laughs> but no, that's so funny. That's so funny because, like I said, like with you, you know, so y'all was bored and it just kind of happened. But with me, like there was no pre-discussion. Like we met mm-hmm. doing like all the little freshman stuff, mm-hmm. and then. And we, we exchanged numbers and we just decided to like, I really, I low key think 
for both of us, we knew what was going to happen. The inevitable ended up happening. And the little date we went on, the little mm-hmm. dinner we went to, you know, via shout out to Marta, because one no Uber and Lyft back then. <laughs> um, the, little, the little date that we went on, I really feel like it was a formality. Okay. Because I think I had in my mind that I, because when I went on the date, like when I found out we were going to have a date is when me and my friend had the whole condom. Okay. That's how that thing. So I, in my mind, I was ready, like, because like the way the way we would flirt and talk kind of mm-hmm. insinuated. Now I am a gentleman, so I wasn't gonna do nothing until it was very clear that she wanted to consent. Gotta have consent. And all these other kind of things, but I was also in a space where I feel like this is gonna happen. So let me be prepared, right. In case it does. Now one whack and kept it in my wallet. It was in my room. Okay, which is why I suggested <laughs> you come to my room. <laughs> but also I didn't, I didn't have a roommate, so I think I think that's another like expectation like. Or difference where, like you said, maybe I wanted the romance, but I also was in my mind, I wanted sex. Like I oh, wanted yeah. it. And oh, she yeah. Was she was cute. She was all these kind of things. And I felt like she wanted me too. And so, that's the thing. We might either talk yeah, about that. The yeah, uh, yeah, mutual desire. Like mutual desire. So when we got to that room, it wasn't no just nightcap, let's watch TV. It was like, you know why you here. And right. and although I didn't make I let her make the first move. Like, but I think both again, both of both of us in our mind kind of knew what was up. And then um, that ended up happening. But shifting gears just a little bit, talking about the expectation versus reality. Okay. Um, how has that played into like marriage sex? Okay, so that's that's perfect, right? Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so church. Go back to church, right? Okay. So church kind of tells you like once you get married, you can have sex whenever you want. So you think they told us for 30 years that 30 it's, years. it's the devil. Now all of a sudden the floodgates open. Right. You think it's gonna be just sex all the time. Because you said within covenant or it's free, it's free sex, like freedom. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And that is not the case. Um I think one, like we said earlier, we I had to like me and my spouse, we had a deprogram. Yeah. From all the the talk about like, oh, sex is bad, sex is bad, sex is bad. So even when you're having sex while you're married, it's like kind of you having to after you you know ejaculate or you know climax or whatever you're still like oh but it still feels bad even though it's not bad um but so one i think one of the main thing was i guess was frequency frequency was definitely a thing that i thought for sure that oh, yeah. was gonna be like oh i get it every night i got every, house veg. every night you know we ain't doing nothing like yeah sex more that part all of it like every night we having sex um, and if not every night, at least five out of seven days, like what, you know, not the reality. Mm-hmm. Um, so I tell you, say frequently, frequency was definitely the thing I expect, expected, which clearly is not the reality. What about you? So I think for us, it was different because um, Josh is a year older than I'm married. <laughs> so <laughs> okay. you know, that, t- that tells you a story about how we were getting down. <laughs> um, but I will say after Josh, we actually committed to... Um, celibacy okay so we didn't have sex again until our um marriage night and okay. everybody just told i think Wonderful. y'all told us too y'all gonna be too tired i was like uh not josh rogers <laughs> <laughs> i found some energy and <laughs> you mustered up some strength i mustered up and I, and I think for her too because we had had sex with each other right and we waited a year to re-engage and it took a lot of discipline and we had like peer pressure people like y'all already got a baby and blah 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 what difference does it make but it was just a it, for us it was a recommitment 
Right. To our faith, to what we mm-hmm. believed in, and just, you know, wanting to experience, you know, as the Bible say, knowing each other, hey. you know, kind of new, new again, right? Um, so we, we waited. And I think for us, what shifted was the fact that it wasn't like when we were having sex before we got married and before we had a baby and all that different kind of stuff. It was the rush of being young mm-hmm. teenagers or, you know, 20 year olds. And just kind of, we didn't live together. Um, we both moved, lived off campus, but we were still college students. So I wasn't just like, contrary to popular belief, I wasn't just sitting at Asher House all night. Like I was, I was studying. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had eighteen hour credit loads because I was dumb freshman sophomore year. So I had to make up for <laughs> make up for that <laughs> junior senior. So I had eighteen hours. So I was like studying and um, all different kind. And, and we hung out, but I just wasn't. And then Asher also lived with her brother when she first moved off campus. So okay. Mm, you know, mm-hmm. That was that was a thing too, but you know, but still, when we found time to do it, we did it. So I think, again, I would say frequency, but I would say the difference was was that we had a baby. Mm-hmm. Um, when we first got married. Asher was working an internship and and a full time master student. I was working, so mm-hmm. I think it just it created this um, barrier where we had to learn what intentionality really meant. Mm-hmm. And we had to figure out what worked for us and right. our schedule and all these different types of things. So I think that's true, too. I think the myth is I do think most couples, married couples, especially newlyweds, go through a period where it is relatively frequent mm-hmm. every day, every other day, right. you know, whatever it is. And I think if you're trying to conceive, it mm-hmm. gets super oh, frequent yeah. because you just want to, you know, you're trying to get pregnant. I mean, we were trying to con- like uh, while Josh was, I won't, I would never call him an accident unplanned. Mm-hmm. Um, Jaden was planned. Like, right. I think we're one of the few black families that actually sat down and said, "Let's have a baby." <laughs> um, so when we decided and she got off the pill, like we was, we was going at it. Like when we get ready to leave the house before a date, we, I mean, just any free moments. All, all we needed was a quick five minutes. We was, just, <laughs> we was just trying to, you know, get it done. Right. And honestly, that sex is tiring. It is exhausting because exhausting. you're not, you're not doing it for pleasure. Mm-mm. You're literally doing it. So I want to I want to get as many of these soldiers up in you. Right. Shoot that club up as many times as I can. Right. Just so that I can make sure a baby comes. Um, you ovulate. Let's go. You know, that, that type of thing. So that's yes. not fun. But it's, it's like will, pressure pack, too. Right. But to the frequency standpoint, I think you experience that during waves in marriage. I think you experience mm-hmm. it when you're trying to conceive and then also very likely um when you're um when, when when you're newly when you're a newlywed mm-hmm. because it's kind of you know you, you got all those new feels i think as you mature you know life changes mm-hmm. you become parents um you know y'all both working nine to five so there are times when you're just like you may be wanting it but you're tired right and oh yeah you know like all and it's just and it's just real and i don't think it's a discredit to anyone but you have to become I think just being more intentional mm-hmm. uh, about it. So not necessarily, I've heard therapists and stuff say, maybe you need to put it on the calendar. I personally mm-hmm. don't like that. I'm mm-hmm. not talking against anyone who does. We it. tried it that. It works for you. Really it works for, for you. Yeah. Me and Asher tried it one time too. And it was, it just felt weird. It mm-hmm. felt obligatory and not, you no know, spo- something we no sp- wanted it was spontaneous. to do. It was, yeah. It wasn't no spontaneity in it. Um, but I will say you do have to be much more intentional. So mm-hmm. like for me and Asha, you know, she's a private person. So I won't go too deep. But what I will say is that I'm a night owl. She's an early bird. So there were moments I had to find, now, all right, Josh, if this is going to happen, you need to go to bed earlier. 
Oh, or you need to at least go up, or you need to at least go to upstairs. Yes. <laughs> earlier, you know yes. things like that, or you know, same thing for her. Like if I wanted, I right, cool. Like tonight we're recording a good podcast. You know, I you know if I really want it, I'm gonna stay awake. You know, these like so it was just like <laughs> right. certain types of things. And I would see and like Asha put in the effort. She might go get a Red Bull. You know, I'm gonna hey, stay awake. You know, whatever. It'll be a long it is, night. You know, so it's right. So it's one of those things where. You have to be intentional mm-hmm. uh, without making it feel forced, but also definitely showing your spouse that you care and that, you know what I'm saying, you want it. Because I feel like with men, mm-hmm. we can talk about this too, definitely. we want to be wanted too. Oh yeah, it's a thing. I think yeah. being wanted is is uh, is the turn on. Like, you know, wh- wh- me knowing that you want it is like, oh, I'm about to put it down. And it's actually like more pressure when it feels like you're just the only one who wants it. You know what I'm saying? Um, but kind of go, I'm gonna go back and I'm gonna come back to this though. When you kind of mentioned the expectation um, in marriage counseling, I remember our marriage counselor, which I recommend to anybody that wants to get married, go through marriage counseling. Um, they asked the question to like to me, like, oh, Brian, what are you gonna do if she wants it and you don't want it? Yeah. And I was like, I don't ever foresee a time when it's going to be a situation where like, you know, she wants it and I'm not going to want it. And, and, and to your point, uh, and to your point where you were saying as far as uh, uh, um, the fact of like being intentional and stuff like that, or really not understanding what the expectations are. Like I really, there's some times when I'm really just, we both work nine to fives and I may want it, but do I really want to put in the work or is it really, you know, sounds bad. Is it really worth um, going for it. Sometimes we're really just tired and then consider like now you have kids, um, you really don't just always feel like just getting it in. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. So there are times where I'll be thinking like, you know, I want it, but I'm too yeah. tired. And that, again, that was another thing I never, I never expected for me to turn down sex or be like, I'm a fake sleep because I really don't want to, <laughs> I don't really want right, to. And, and I think it's a thing too, right? You don't like the men, men are expected to be horn dogs. And yeah. Be like all, and I think to a certain extent, I am always ready. Right. To a certain extent. But <laughs> then, like you said, you know, for a while, like for three years of my life, most recently, mm-hmm. I was a full-time graduate student, mm-hmm. a full-time employee, mm-hmm. um, balancing being a, an attentive husband and an emotionally available father, soccer dad, tra- like all I was, all these type uh, mm-hmm. position in my church, all these types of things, and there were just some nights that, bro, I'm just like. I ain't got it. And if I did give you anything, it's going to be sloppy pain. I just, I just, cause I just don't have it. And I think again, that's an expectation too, as a man. Oh yeah. You know, society says you should, what you want? Like, no, it's not that I didn't want it, bro. I ain't got it in me. Right. I just ain't got it in me. Mm-hmm. I ain't got it. <laughs> I ain't got it. And maybe if we had some blue chew, shout out to blue chew. If you want to sponsor the pod, we are open. <laughs> to that level that level of sponsorship but no like you know what i'm saying and maybe like but again going back to intentionality there were some nights i was tired but i knew ash and i needed like sexual intimacy oh yeah so i'm like you oh, know yeah. what i don't care how tired i am let let me let me go get a red bull let me take some pre-workout mm-hmm. let, me, let me figure out something um so that i can make sure that we're not missing each other because i oh, think yeah. oh as yeah much as sex is not the end all be all of a marriage. It is a super important part. It's like important. that level of connectivity mm-hmm. and intimacy is super important. Mm-hmm. And if you allow if you allow life to get you so busy that you miss it, mm-hmm. I be I think that's where kind of pointless arguments start to happen. Oh yeah. You find yourself frustrated. frustrated and you're mm-hmm. just like, what is wrong? You're like, dang, we horny. 
we oh, yeah. need some. You know what I'm saying? And, <laughs> and it's just and it's just real. So I think that that's the kind of stuff as our as our brother Chris would say. That's stuff they don't tell you in marriage counseling, right. and it's true. Right, right. They don't really go into now. Some marriage counselors may have been, but mine they didn't go into that level. Like we had marriage counselors that was afraid to say the word sex in front mm. of us. Mm. Which was weird I'm like y'all do know We already got a baby right So we're not <laughs> Like this isn't Right Like we're not You're not You know what I'm saying This isn't taboo for us But yeah I think That is something As far as expectations And reality is concerned That the frequency of it um, Me and wanting to be wanted mm-hmm. Wanting to like I want you to say That you want it Oh yeah I want you to like Oh you know yeah saying? Like you may not be As descriptive as Cardi And Megan But I want you to be able To say what you want How you want Cause for me I'm be like <laughs> Bet Got you You know what I'm saying Like mm-hmm. those kind of things Are important And I also think Tapering your expectations Based on life So when you add kids And mm-hmm. you add Cause like even Think about it We're in our You're in your mid 30s I'm in my early 30s mm-hmm. But even when, you, when you're In your 20s and 30s A lot of times Like like Lauren right now, mm-hmm. she's in a um, uh, doctoral program, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? So there are, and I say that to say, there are different levels of pursuits for her career right. that she's interested in. The same, I mean, I just finished a master's program mm-hmm. going on two years now. Mm-hmm. So like there, there are certain levels of things that I want. And even if you're not in school, you're probably working overtime, doing like doing certain things to be developed professionally and stuff oh, yeah. like that. And that take like and that takes time and energy. Oh, it's draining. And you and you want to be able to grow your career and make more money, but that also comes with, like you said, the draining of energy and mm-hmm. the draining of whatever. So you have to be able to be flexible. You have to be realistic, and you have to necessarily have really strong intentions mm-hmm. about keeping it consistent, even when it can easily become inconsistent. Oh yeah, and, and you said a few things as far as your point, as far as be emotional con- connection, because there are times where you like y'all get into arguments over random stuff, and you realize, oh, we ain't had sex like in two weeks. Mm-hmm. That's the problem. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And it, and it and even though you know it, it it'll bring us, even though we're What's what's funny is like we'll be we're close. It won't be have we won't be like distant in terms of like spending time together, going out, stuff like that. Um, but as you know, when it comes to life, now we have a, a child as well. That's all another thing as far as you know, disconnecting. And she want to sleep in the bed with us, so you know, having find those times where we can connect, right? So um, there are moments where we're just like, you know, again, my wife is super private, where it's like um, we need to connect and you know, we need to connect, like now <laughs> you know what i'm saying so even within that but another thing as far as expectation and reality is like like length like time like you can't have the full experience most of the time it's like especially with kids you got to get this yeah, thing in where you can get you gotta, it. yeah you got to get it and i think the older they get it gets easier because they go to sleep and mm-hmm. they're asleep uh, and they're going to be sleep through the night. But for the most part, right, if you got a, uh, like y'all got an almost one-year-old. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You, you could have put her down, but literally in 30, 40 minutes, she could, you know, need her diaper change. She could, like, a, a myriad of things could happen. So you got to be like, all right, she sleep. We got at least 30 minutes. <laughs> right. Maybe seven hours. Mm-hmm. Let's, like, let's maximize <laughs> it, right? So, like right. you said, I ain't got time to be lighting candles and setting music. Mm-mm. Like, let's, let's do this. No foreplay. We just got to get this thing in. Right. But there are times to where you do, you know, make it a full-blown. Oh, and yeah. that don't mean that you cheat your spouse. Uh, nah, never. Like, everything that you have to give. Mm-hmm. Like, you give what you're going to give. Give it, the, give it, but, the, give all of it. You know what I'm saying? But it does mean that, listen, we can't do... 20 minutes of foreplay Mm-mm. like it's just we'll knock it down a couple, know, couple yeah, minutes yeah we, we got, got i got i got a couple i got a couple of little tricks and touches i got and we we going straight insertion <laughs> at this point you know what i'm saying so yeah I, I think that's another thing too it's not 
you know, it ain't gonna always be like you said, the full blown dinner and candles and bath mm-hmm. and flowers no, and roses. No, I heart. need you to be moist now. I'm, I'm about to put the baby to bed, <laughs> and by the, when I come upstairs, just matter, just take it off. And by the time I come in the room, <laughs> let's just go. You know what I'm saying? Because let's you, go for it. Yeah, because you like, and there are moments where that's just real, and I don't think that that's like not romantic or not sincere it's just the nature of where your relationship is specifically with kids Mm -hmm. specifically with kids because you don't want to get caught you don't want to have a crying baby Mm because that's gonna ruin the mood and all that different kind of stuff um you about to say something no i was about to say because it seemed like brooklyn like you know our daughter as soon as i touch her mama she wake up (laughs) (laughs) like it's like she She knows Kids are the best cock blockers. The cock blocking. <laughs> they, 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 they got a PhD in it. Like it's like as soon as I touch her mama, she whining. I'm like, so even even now, like when she's in her crib, like we try not to even like cuddle because we like as soon as we start cuddling, she want to get to whining, and it's like, girl. But yeah, that's that's been our thing recently as far as being a new new parents trying to navigate having sex. <laughs> um, which is important which again is which is important and my wife being in doctoral program and you know me being now thinking about running a pandemic so i am in the house all day working all day running around my child all day so me and my wife both really most of the time are like drained then getting brooklyn into bed by 8 30 and she want to try to stay up all hours of the night and then by that time we in the bed and you know we really don't have anything in us um to give uh, so yeah, so that's that's something I definitely would say that we've had to deal with recently as far as navigating that. No, I feel you, and I you brought up a good point, and it kind of leads us to how we can kind of close this out on a um on, on on a more interesting note. Is you have a daughter? Yep, I have two sons, mm-hmm. and I know that we're both going to probably have some form of the talk with them. Yep. So here's the thing: one. How do you plan on having the talk? And then two, as a specifically as a girl dad, mm-hmm. what is your and we can explain it a little bit, but what is your approach to the whole whole versus hero concept when it comes to men and women in sex? Okay. All right. So yeah, so we, we are gonna have and this is what I kind of want. Yeah, you know, my daughter's gonna turn one in like eleven, eleven days. Uh so we have a while before we have this conversation. Mm-hmm. Thank God. So let's the Lord <laughs> let's the Lord delay. And, and the thing, I'm, and I'm not saying that because like I'm afraid of having a conversation. It's just the fact of like I know things may within like ten years, eleven years, things are probably bound to change. You know what I'm saying? And also, I want to say thank God to the fact that I think that um, feminism or women being more empowered or empowering when a term when it comes to sex is going to be greater. Right. So I think that the awareness of women being on the forefront, I think by then, hopefully by the time she's 11, we have a, a woman president. So I think there's going to be the conversation is going to be a little bit different, even though we're always empowering to her. Um, I think the conversation I'm going to have a conversation, but the conversation I want to have comes from the place of. And then my wife actually talked about this because we listened to the song WAP and we want my daughter to understand that sex like she's not having sex for the sole purpose of pleasing somebody else. Mm-hmm. Like sex is for you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like if yeah. you're having sex with someone and they're not fulfilling your needs sexually, that's a problem. You know what I'm oh, saying? Yeah. You're not there to, to just lay down and let some dude just 
ejaculate inside you. That's that's not that's not your purpose. That's not it at um, all. Like that's not your purpose. Your purpose, you know, when it comes to sex, sex is important. It's it's you know, one, I, you know, not being stupid. Of course, I'm going to. I'm gonna say I'm go back. The goal is, of course, marriage. Only because you know, hopefully, by the time she's mature, has gotten a couple of degrees, she's well established in her career. And she's done some stuff. But, you know, of course, being wise, she may have sex earlier. But the main thing would be being mature enough to understand the feelings that come along with sex Um, and then owning your sexuality. Yeah. Like it's yours. Like no person can take it or give it away. Like your sexuality is your sexuality. Own it. If you want something, you can say that you want it. Um, if you don't want something, you better best better say you don't want it. You know what I'm saying? So um, even the idea of consent, like don't let these jokers think that, you know, one that they run a game on you. Like if you want to do it, you want to do it. Like so the biggest picture would be is to own your sexuality, control your sexuality um, and know that sex is for your pleasure. Sex is for your pleasure. But them being, they're going to get pleased regardless. But sex is for your pleasure. And don't be in a situation where you feel like you are doing everything to please them um, and not pleasing yourself. And then even with the double standard, as far as the hero versus whole situation is, um, of course, I don't want my daughter out here just getting it. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's not what I want. But I would have the same conversation with my son. But I don't want, you know, I know that the world, the society that we live in has that double standard. So when Meg and Cardi were talking about and, and being explicit in what they want, which they should be saying, um, and it's in, in women should, should do what they want. They should say what they want. Um, I, I, that, that, you know, I would I would, I would tell my daughter, like, if you own your sexuality and you decided in maturity, you know, to engage with different partners, yeah. that does not make you a hoe. And, and a boy who is again, doing the same thing that you're doing does not make him a hero. Um, so that, that, that's kind of my thing. That's my takeaway in that situation. As far as being a dad of a girl and I, you know, people will always be like, Oh, well, you know, um, you, you know, your mindset changes when you become a a dad of a girl. It changed, but it didn't change to the fact of thinking that like, you know, I'm a, I would be against a woman saying what she wants because I'm 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 a father of a girl. Like, no, like own your sexuality is yours. It's your body. Do what you want you want to do with it, but make sure you're doing what you want to do with your body. And you know what? I, I agree with that. And I'll just start off and say, you know, real quickly that my conversations, especially with Josh, are coming in a lot sooner than yours. He's, <laughs> Much he's nine, and he's already started to indicate some way, and I'm respecting his little privacy too, but indicate some ways in which he's growing up. Mm-hmm. And he's starting to think through different concepts um, differently. And if he sees a kissing scene where – you know, in the past, it could have just been, ew, are they kissing? Now it's just like, he's kind of just stopping and looking. I'm like, mm, okay. Okay. Mm. You know, so that conversation is coming up, but I'm definitely going to have it. I'm a, I'm not going to do what my dad did and put computers into it or anything like that. I'm not going to, um, you know, come at him and be like, you know, blah, 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 you know, and be real dogmatic. But I do want to have a mature conversation, like you said, and I'm going to explain the beauty in waiting mm-hmm. because of the maturity. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think that's the best way. Right. And and also like he's gonna have Christian values. So he'll understand, you know, the the necessity of waiting in company in parallel with our faith and our beliefs, right? So he'll have that. But he I'm also gonna be realistic in the sense is that these are the these are some of the other reasons why I think you should wait. And then be real about what sex is and how like Josh, Mm -hmm. I'm not telling you to wait because it's terrible. It's gonna feel great. 
Uh, it's it's going to feel good. Mm-hmm. But, you know, so I want to be very real and talk about the beauty of it, how he needs to respect women and how he needs to have full consent. So no means no, but yes also means yes. And you need to be very clear uh, about what she wants, mm-hmm. what she does not want, if she's not ready, like all these different type of things, whatever her boundaries are. And your ba- and that's the other thing. I'm going to teach my son mm-hmm. about boundaries within themselves too. Like you don't have to get caught up in the fact that just because you're a boy uh, or a man that you can allow or be game for anything. Because if you don't want to be touched a certain way, mm-hmm. if you don't want to be touched in a certain area, right? Shout out to Tank. Like, you know what I'm saying? Me and I get the <laughs> butt, butt, butt stuff. Right. Um, and if you just like, I ain't into that, mm-hmm. then you can say, even if she wants to be like, I'm just not, I don't, I don't want to do that. I'm right. not into that. Right. And not having to feel ashamed or demasculated or emasculated because you decide to turn down specific things. Right. Right. So I think that's a conversation that I want to have very open, for them to also own their sexuality and respect the ownership mm-hmm. of a woman's sexuality. So if you see a woman who's like, shout out to Maxine Shaw, um, you know what I'm saying, from Living Single, mm-hmm. who's very embraces who she oh, is yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Like, you respect that. Definitely. And, and she's not a hoe. She just wants what she wants. Right. And that's okay. She, you should wants it with who she that. wants it with, right? And you should be okay with that. Um, so that's on one end. The whole hero versus whole, hero versus whole thing, I love that I got to get your opinion as a girl dad because mm-hmm. I feel like even though I'm not, I don't have a daughter, I feel like so many times our mind, most men's mindset changes because we grow up in this patriarchal society that says we have ownership of our daughter's vaginas. Um, no T.I. And, 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 and all of a sudden we want to, we forget about all of the ways we were chasing women, mm-hmm. doing that other type of thing. And even, and even if you have sons encouraging your son oh, yeah. to oh, do yeah. reckless stuff, but then want to put this lock and key on your daughter and then be even more reckless to say, well, that's their daughter. It ain't my problem. Nah. But, you, but it is super contradictory and like just for me infuriating that you can be so dogmatic and want to maintain the purity of your daughter, but you have zero cares about how reckless your sons mm-hmm, can be mm-hmm. with someone else's daughter. Mm-hmm. And I think we have to get to the place of maturity where we can't be that way. Like you said, I don't necessarily just want my daughter out here just giving it up to any and everybody, right. blah, 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 blah. But at the same time, if she decides, I, I, I should be secure enough as a father. Yep. To know that if she has sex, it's because she made a decision. Mm-hmm. Whether I thought she was ready or not, I know that there was really no game. This little boy may have thought he was running right, game, my daughter. But at mm-mm. the end of the day, she decided this is something that I want to. Going mm-hmm. back to the wood, right? Right. They kept trying to pressure them girls, and uh, and if you saw in the it was great. in the nineties, those girls all said no. Nope. Nope. They all said no, except for Alicia and Mike, and they still mutually decided, all right, and they weren't even dating. Mm-mm. That was the end of the day. They were just really good friends, and mm-hmm. they decided. But the other guys, even with Mike, with his girlfriend, like they were doing other stuff, and she was like, you know, I ain't going that far. Like they, like she had limits mm-hmm. on what she wanted to do, and they was giving their best game, showing it to them. I mean, all different kind of stuff. <laughs> kind of put the tip brought, in, all that right, kind of stuff. Right, <laughs> I, I brought that up to say that, yeah, us men, we have games, and we push limits and things, or we try to pressure or whatever but at the end of the day if you have a young man who does ultimately respect women right when she says no it's like i'm not going there like it's not gonna happen so if your daughter that's another thing you can't be mad at the little boy if your daughter wanted to lay down 
or get on top of whatever she decides to do, right. she decided. <laughs> if she was not raped, she decided. Yeah, you made the intelligent and, and that is consent. that and that, right. Yeah. Right, you need to have a conversation with her. Don't go chasing him, because I, I dare I, anybody, I dare one of you all to pull a gun out on my son or threaten him with a gun. We both rolling up with my piece. Right. Because what you will not do is try to, again, threaten my child because your daughter wanted to have sex with my son. And I think we have to begin to debunk and demystify whatever this level of almost slave ownership is mm-hmm. that we try to have over our daughters and like even on TV you know saying yeah I, you don't need to get married to your 35 like why are you so consumed mm-hmm. with her sexual consumption as a father right it's, it's weird it is, it is weird it's, it, it doesn't come off as you know saying like when you found out you're having a girl and y'all post a picture on Instagram and be like got the Glock ready for what for some imaginary penis that she <laughs> hasn't found yet like that, right. is, that, that is one of the weirdest flexes mm-hmm. I've ever seen and it's possibly because my dad was just not that guy mm-hmm. he wouldn't sit in the house trying to be intimidating to the young men who dated my sisters he would you know give them a firm handshake have conversations with them but he wasn't he wasn't trying to find out their family history and say don't do whatever like in um what was it players club whatever you do to my daughter i'm gonna do to you mm-hmm. like it wasn't none of that kind of because i had a dad treat me like that I, I met a girl uh i remember it was summer break one time and i picked her up and he literally did not speak to me and um, I looked at him, and I and because we weren't officially dating, we were actually just friends. This made it worse. I looked at that man and said, do you have a problem? And he was like, excuse me, son? I said, I spoke to you. You son. looked at me. He <laughs> looked, I said, I spoke to you, and you looked at me as if I didn't exist. He was like, well, I just, I mean, you you take where are you taking my daughter? I said, well, first of all, me and your daughter are just friends, mm-hmm. and we're going to get dinner. I said, but. I understand what you're feeling, but regardless of that, sir, I I feel like I've done nothing to gain disrespect from you. Mm-hmm. And he and I think that broke a barrier, and we had a conversation. But I said that to say, and that's the other thing. I didn't care about getting kicked out of his house because I would have told that friend like, "Hey, I'm not here for this. Right. Like, you're not going to disrespect me. Like, I'm literally just I'm being a gentleman because you are my friend. So I could have texted you and said I'm outside. Right. But because you, but because I still I was raised you know a certain kind of way. I'm a southern guy. I, I parked my car. I went in. I shook your mom's hand. I shook your dad's hand. All the different kind of stuff. Just for, I mean, I'm talking about a, a for real friend. Mm-hmm. Not like a friend I'm trying to smash. I mean, legit a friend. 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 Who we was just going to have dinner to catch up because we were both in school and we was catching up over summer break. But anyway, yeah, man, I think it's always been a double standard. Like with, you know, Cardi and Meg face so much backlash. So much. But then you got Tank, you got Chris Brown, you got Pick a Rapper. Everybody. Pick a rapper who can say anything about how they want to flip it, how wet they want. I mean, Chris Brown Lee has a song called Wet the Bed. Mm -hmm. And we talking about WAP, which is pretty much about being wet, right? Right. So, like, you know what I'm saying? So I, I don't know why. This is so new. I think it's because of the voices that's behind it. Mm-hmm. But this isn't new. This isn't anything that should have been surprising. At all. Um, is it explicit? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. But it's not necessary that should have taken us off guard because, again, that old blues song. Um, yes. Rep, Ride until the thing, cows come home. Ride to the cows come home and she want to poop on his chest. Like All kind of crazy stuff that woman was saying. <laughs> so, you know, and that was in the 30s and 40s. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So here we are years and years later. And going back to Miss Tangeray, now Lady Tangeray was a lady. But she, but she, you know, said she and she said, you know, and I believe her. She didn't do all the other kind of stuff, but she had stories about women she mm-hmm. worked with mm-hmm. that did crazy stuff. 
You know what I'm saying? So I think so. None of these concepts are new. It's just we act like it's brand new. And now all of a sudden we want to protect our daughters. And I'm afraid if your daughter is so sensitive that she listens to what for the first time and bust wild open over her high, all, her whole high school, you can't blame Cardi and me. Mm, that's blame your fault, you. brother. That's your fault because you didn't teach discipline. You didn't teach self worth, or you didn't what you know whatever you're trying to subscribe it to. If, if if she's that influenced by WAP, then you need to go back and reconsider your parents. Oh yeah, because it, it's it's your fault. It's your fault. Absolutely. And that and if you if you're teaching your daughter, you know, and again to make the decisions that they want to make, then that's all you can do. That's yep. all you can do. You got to teach responsibility. We got to teach safety. Um, but bro, this like we've been in the living room for a while. Mm-hmm. We've been tonight. here talking. We've been here talking, but I think it's a dope conversation. Oh yeah, oh yeah, um, and, and it could be I a longer conversation, but we can't. go Oh, that absolutely! Deep into it. I got so much more that I could say, especially about this whole whole hero thing. Oh I, yeah. you know, I get up in arms. Yeah, that it bothers me. It definitely yeah, bothers we, me. We might have to bring on some um some 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 women friends and maybe really have that conversation. Oh yeah, definitely. Right, about, about how what, they feel about about it. how they feel, yeah, and what that looks like. But let's go ahead and get into some black men self care, and then let's wrap up this uh this episode. Let's do it. Ooh, sir. All right, so here we are in Black Man Self Care. Uh, Brian, what you got going on this weekend, man? Um, last weekend. Okay. I was at the J work. You were. I was there, and I got the I got the work in. So yeah, how'd you enjoy it? I really enjoyed it. You know, the the instructor uh, does a great job of you know pushing you, and that's a good good workout. It's, It's 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 not difficult. But it definitely pushes you. Um, so definitely you do a great job of, uh, of doing that, putting that together. So, yeah, I would recommend anybody, <clears throat> even any, anywhere. It's, it's, it's virtual. So if you West Coast, East Coast, Dirty South, whatever, you can get on and work out with us. Please do. Um, but um, other than that, um, nothing. I can't think of anything I'm going to actually do intentionally that I need, I need to do. I need to find something to do. Mm-hmm. Um but I think I might just hang out of the house uh, and just relax. I don't have any yard work to do. I don't have anything to clean up. I don't have anything to fix at the house. So I may just lay in the bed and just chill. I think that's what I'm going to do. I need to do that. Gotcha. Well, Shout out to the J-Work. So if you're going to do the J-Work, this is your last week to do it. I am shutting it down. Yeah, this is it. This is it. Um, wow. I have I have another partnership that I'm doing where I'm still be doing virtual classes, but mm-hmm. not on Saturday. So... Uh, I'm going to definitely enjoy and make this last ride out session one for the road. Um, okay. We 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 we. You might be in some pain if you come to this. <laughs> we, we, we gonna work. Um, but as far as self care, I finally found. I think all the people who were building home gyms and stuff have either got everything they needed or they've returned to their gyms. So I found a squat rack at Walmart that I've been wanting. Okay. And anybody who works out knows squat rack is like when you get the squats and you're able to put it down. So I haven't been able to do a lot of like barbell weighted squats because I didn't have a rack to place it on because I'm not trying to kill myself. Mm-hmm. And I haven't been able to do a lot of bench press with a barbell because the squat rack can also serve as the rack that you place it above you. Mm-hmm. So I got one. Uh, so I'll be putting that together and reconfiguring my little home gym to make sure that everything um, fits and, and works out. So that's what I got going on. But let's mosey along and get to this greater conversation. And, um, and let's rant about some stuff. Let's do it. Yeah. Run, let me talk. Let me talk. All right, we are here for a greater conversation where we got to get some things off our chest. Um, well, I'm going to start. 
Uh, this goes out to white evangelicals. Mighty God. Although your skin is white, you are not the salt of the earth. Um, looking at this situation that we're seeing going on right now, as far as in uh, just social injustice, white supremacy, racism, um, American Christianity at the moment, especially from our white brothers, has been extremely disheartening and almost like sickening to where oftentimes they want to use certain issues and platforms to kind of feel like they're trying to defend God and defend the word of God. And um, they're so obsessed with trying to be or they're so obsessed with feeling like they're oppressed or their faith is being oppressed when they're actually the oppressor and they don't realize that they are the oppressor. Uh, so it's an often a great example is these same people who so-called believe in God and all that kind of stuff, the, the murderer, the thug, the vigilante, the uh, criminal who drove from one state and came over to Kenosha and murdered two people, the, the same evangelical white evangelical Christian organization. They, pretty much raised all this money to try to get this man out of jail. Like, and then these are the same people who all scream all lives matter and all that kind of stuff. And you're, you're literally just lying to yourself and lying to your people. You're not a good example. You're not a representation of Christ. You're neither of those things. And right. the thing about uh, uh, white Christianity, but also just, uh, I'm gonna say American Christianity, American Christianity is like this toxic nationalism, toxic Christianity, to where you really don't care about God. Mm -hmm. You more so care about the flag that you worship. And um, my Bible talks about as far as, you know, not to bow or kneel or to reverence or make any idols that is greater than God. And even in spaces and times and in situations where, it, you know, you should be standing for righteousness. You're literally um, standing uh, for your flag or for your country when the Bible sp specifically talks about kingdom and stuff like that. But you're always so caught up in the United States of America and you worship your leader, Donald Trump. It is completely sickening. It's disheartening. Um, and especially you want to stand on this mountain, this hill um, that Terry Crews is on. Uh, the Terry Crews hill. <laughs> the Terry Crews hill about like gay rights um, and abortion. And even in the way about you, you know, even if you feel that way, the way you do it is simply oppressing. It is not leading with love. It's not going to change anyone's life. It's not going to bring anyone to Christ. You are pretty much the worst representation of Christ. And as the scripture talks about, as far as the reason why people don't believe it's because people like you, you are trash. It is sickening. Um, it's it makes things so much worse. It divides the nation where you think that, you know, uh, is doing something. But it's even when it comes to think about abortion, you're so caught up in babies and you're so caught up in what you say, pro-life when black folks is getting killed in the streets and Latinos are getting killed in the streets and people in general are getting killed in the streets and you're making uh, a justification why, why they should have died. Or you say, oh, they are a criminal, so they deserve to die. When the whole essence and the reason for Christianity is grace and mercy and forgiveness, where the person that got murdered in the street, they didn't get the opportunity to have grace, forgiveness, or they may even had grace or forgiveness or mercy, but you're sitting there justifying the reason why they should have died or why they should be dying. Um, you are terrible. I dislike you. Um, I wish you can go to a place that's not heaven. Um, 
because you don't deserve uh, to go there. I know that's not Christ-like, but y'all got me mad and I dislike you. Um, and Josh, pray for me because they really work my nerves. No, I got you, bro. And I'm not, I would, you know, I'm, I'm like, what did I, what did I say to Marcus? <laughs> I ain't praying for you. <laughs> <laughs> but no, bro, I know I get it. They can definitely piss you off. Um, and I think you said everything need to be said concerning them. Okay. I will keep my greater conversation short. Okay. But, and it's really kind of petty. But it goes to all of you. Whew. Mighty God. You. Okay. But Jasmine, I ain't got time for no man Robinson on Facebook. Girl, who are you? Ooh. If you don't get this oh. awkward middle name stuff off of your Facebook, oh. you ain't 17. <laughs> Timmy beats in the trap Johnson. I don't know who you are. <laughs> I am sick of it. I am tired of it. There is a social media protocol. And don't you come adding me. I get these stupid friend requests from y'all in high school. And, you know, these folks, Derek, uh, I bees in the trap. Johnson, I if you be in the <laughs> trap, you're going to remain outside of my friendship circle because I don't want to know you. I don't want to be connected. It is stupid. It is silly. And I have a right to decide the ways in which my timeline is created. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg or uh, what uh, What little booster call him? Mark Zuckerberg. Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> Zuckerberg already got these crazy algorithms that's right. popping up and showing us stuff that I don't want to see. Now I got to sit here and kind of decode this 40,000 syllable middle name that you didn't made up just because you don't even want to be identified or you think it's cool. You probably still got a ring back tongue on your Ooh, phone. Child. You probably still got um, changing on your ringtone Ooh. or something. I don't know. I don't know who you are or where you came from and why you want to be my friend, but go back to the same place Brian told the evangelicals to go. To you hell. Go back there. <laughs> to you go hell. Back and you leave my social media alone and change that. Your name is Karen Johnson. Your name is Billy. No, <laughs> just stop. Do you understand me? Stop. It's petty, but it is my right to do so and i will deny you every time so get you a real name please get you a, provide the name that's on your resume considering you have a resume Ooh, <laughs> provide me the name that's on your resume provide me the name that is on your birth certificate even if it's crazy even if your name is aquafina even if your name is um tadarius whatever it is you know black we can get we can get <laughs> we all the names the brickenshaw right what <laughs> Ladasha, L A dash, uh, right? Whatever, whatever, but for real, whatever your name is, I'd rather me deal with the complexities of your name mm -hmm. than for me to try to decode the Cam Newton hieroglyphics of this middle moniker that you've that you and a moniker, not moniker, <laughs> <laughs> um, that you are trying to force upon us. Like, get it together. Do better. I'm tired of it. It's petty, but I'm tired. Let me tell you, all of America is tired. Oh. We don't want to see it. We don't want to And no more. with that being said, I think that wraps up another episode of the Jigsaw Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Thank y'all for hanging in Thank there you. with us this week. I, we know it's a long one, but you know, I don't. I think so many times we don't have real candid, like real conversations right. about sex outside of maybe exchanging stories mm -hmm. and things like that. I think. 
some of the things that we talked about were necessary. Right. Uh, specifically from black men, right? Because I think the expo here's another thing. The expectation from us is to just be wild and raunchy and debaucherous mm-hmm. and like we can have an intelligent conversation about sex. It just has to be wild. Mm-hmm. And I think there's among brothers in the safe spaces, there may be a time for that. But yes, sir. there's also a place where we can just really have really intelligent conversations. So thanks, bro, for um for fostering that and no problem. um thank y'all for hanging in there and listening to it. Definitely. Um. So, uh, again, thank you all, listeners, for for um for joining the the discussion, the conversation. And if you want to, um, you know, talk about you have something you want to add, some stories you want to add about sex from your point of view, um, please feel free to email us at the Jigsaw Podcast at gmail dot com. Um, again, send your questions, your you know your letters, your stories, all that kind of stuff. We will, uh, if you wanted to read your story and talk about your story uh, or your question. Uh, we will make sure we, you know, protect the names of the innocent and the guilty. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, please, yeah. Uh, the Jigsaw Podcast at gmail.com. Please send your stuff to us. Um, social media, please, if you can, uh, follow us on uh, the Jigsaw Podcast on Instagram. Um, you can follow me at I am Brian Hare and Joshua at I am Joshua Rogers. I am Josh Rogers. I am Josh Rogers. That's it. Okay. That's me. I am Josh Rogers. Um, and, and again, as always, thank you very much for listening uh, to us. I know, you know, it takes your time to do it. We definitely appreciate you. Um, please, if you can go on there, like subscribe, share. Um, if you like what, we're, what you're listening to, make sure you go on the IG page, tag as many people as you can, um, and, and leave a comment if you can. Um, and Joshua, before we go, can you tell the people what they need to do? I absolutely can. You do. All that you can while you can because this world is ghetto. But no matter how ghetto it is, you guess what? What? Don't you ever get caught mm. with your work undone. Ooh, sure. <laughs> that is a wrap. See y'all next week. Love y'all. All right, love you.